Hey, damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Oh, be loveless. And I'm Danielle. And I'm Matt Strackbine. Hey, it's hey, comic it's book Matt time. Strackbine. Awesome. Matt and it's Matt Strackbine, Strackbine time. Matt Strackbine. Yes. Hey, how's it The letter hack is here on say. our show. Yes. Thank you so much, Matt. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having oh. me. I have been really looking forward to this. Awesome. Awesome. Yes, this is our book club podcast. We're reading comics. We're talking to our friends. And now Danielle's going to tell you all about it. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. Matt Strackbine is going to tell you all about it. Oh. Ooh. Well, first, we read a thing. And then we talk about it. And then, assuming that you read the thing too, you'll want to talk to us about it or at us. That's called a <laughs> Hey You Damn Guys. Yeah. Uh, and then, back to you, John. I'm no, sorry. No, you <laughs> left out the part where there's friendship. <laughs> oh, that was, and friendships implied throughout. That's the most important part because we have to talk about what you talked about when you talked about us talking about what we read. And that's a book club and that's friendship. Back to you, Matt Strackbine. I thought this segment was about getting it over with. Matt Strackbine, book club member. Yes, that was a combined effort. Very good. Oh, hey, Matt, congratulations on hitting a 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. Oh, thanks. Hey, John, oh, why don't you yeah. cough through our, our congratulations of Mass Trackbind hitting a 1,000. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to do that. I got monetized. That's not easy to do. It's, like, really difficult, but I did, it. I did it within a year, so feels good. We're happy for you. Awesome. Yeah. Great job, Thank you. Matt. That's really awesome. Yeah, definitely check out our show notes for the link to his YouTube channel and subscribe if you haven't already. Yeah, well, and now you could become a member. So, <gasps> Matt Strackbine member? Yes, tell yeah, us about can... this, Matt. Well, there's three different levels. Uh, if you click join on the homepage at youtube.com slash the letter hack, you'll see okay. three different options to choose from. And they're all pretty accessible, um, some more than others. So check it out. Be a member. Three you get perks. Different options. You get perks. This you is... get membership. <laughs> this is awesome. I feel like we're breaking news here or something like that. This is pretty new, right? I haven't talked about it on air yet. Yeah, this is a first. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this yeah. isn't going to go uh, up till what... Tuesday, but still, this is this is a first. It still is. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's your scoop. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mappy. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Definitely check out the show notes for that link. And I got some shouts outs for this week. Shouts, shouts outs. Yes, I wanted to shout out Wes Matthijs. <gasps> Wes Matthijs. Book club member. Book club member. Yes, excellent. Um, also co-host. Yeah. And also guest host. Check him out for our Baltimore episodes. You know, um, Wes and Matt, you both attended Heroes Con oh, yeah. a couple weeks back. And you got to meet Mark Laszlo, who's an gr- amazing Hellboy artist. And also Daniel Warren Johnson, who I'm a big fan of. And uh, The West- boys were back in town. The boys were back in town. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I i i paid mark laszlo for some things yeah. but you know obviously then somebody has to send them to me so you know wes had to like Aww. you know make sure that my stuff was packaged all nicely and everything i've got all the stuff what a swell guy yes i got my mark laszlo sketch i got all the books and stuff like that it was really awesome yeah i felt like i got nice. to take part in the con even though i wasn't really there so anyway i really appreciate wes so i just wanted to give him a huge shout out huge thank you for doing that that was a huge solid on his part really appreciate it matt i was wondering if you could give us your report from heroes con heroes con report oh yeah that i mean that con is amazing um it's comics only and art only so it's not like a whole bunch of movies and tv and stuff like that it's all bullshit like 
Well, I forget who it was, but there was maybe it was like Van Jensen. There was a comic book creator who later put on Twitter or social media or something and said, it's like comic book summer camp. It's like all the comic book people are there, and it really well, they're was. not just I mean, all it's like amazing. crammed into some like dark, dank yeah. artist alley corner. It's like that's the reason yeah. you're there is to go. Yeah, for I, that. I've been to a few recently, and it's always like, okay, well, there's going to be like four cool comic book people here, but this yeah. time it was like all. Oh, the, and, and you like can't find them. You're like, where did they put them? Yeah, in yeah. the basement and or I, some shit. There was even a guy who I went to high school with who has gone on to become like a pretty successful comic book uh, artist and creator who was there. And I haven't seen him since 1993. So that oh, was wow. really cool. That's wow. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. And there were some artists from Denver who were attending. So I got to catch up with people from Colorado. And yeah, it was great. Nice. It was that's great. Time. great. Awesome. Well, that's awesome to hear that there are still cons like that alive and kicking. Yeah. So yeah. you got to hang out uh, with Wes, uh, one of our guest hosts. You know, like we've had him on the episodes. I don't know how many hours we've spent with him. I've never met him. You know, how how was that? Did you guys just like naturally click with that book club yeah. member vibe? Yeah, it was like when I met Nathaniel Green and Ross Radke. It was just like, hey, Aww. what's up? <laughs> we just they, It was funny because I was just kind of wandering around and, and Wes was like, there he is. And I was like, oh, oh hey. And, it, you know, it was like. I don't know. Yeah, it was Aww, it was totally natural. It was very cool. In the wild. Nice. John, you brought together so many friends. You brought know, together awesome. so many people yes. through the book club. I can't say enough how fortunate I am for this podcast and the Hellboy Book Club podcast because it really does like bring the fan base together. Like literally. It was it was awesome. Nice. John, you're changing lives. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. You're exactly. helping people form lifelong friendships, John. <clears throat> one one and, comic well, at a time. <laughs> Andrew Craddock was there too. I mean, it was awesome. It, yeah. It was like, yes. Book club member. Book same club thing member. with him. Yeah. It was it was just like totally normal. It was just like it was very friendly. We had a good time. You know what I want to hear about? <laughs> I want to hear the story about how you were going around <laughs> about how you were going around name dropping a certain someone. And saying y'all were best Mark friends. Tweedale. Mark Tweedale, book club member. Can you uh, can you elaborate on this part? Because we've heard about this a couple times. I want to hear it from you. Okay. Okay. Well, here's what happened. I So when I was at Heroes Con, I had a VIP pass. So I could get in like an hour early, right? Because it's an all comic con. So I was there to like okay. buy a bunch of comics without people getting in my way. Sure, and so sure. it was it was like <laughs> super early in the morning for me. And I ended up at Colin Bunn's table. Uh, just he and I, oh, and he wanted nice. to talk. And I was like, oh, you know, it's like a little too early to talk like at all, much less to somebody I really admire <laughs> like him. You know, so he was like, oh, have you read this before? Have you read Haro County? And and I started feeling myself going into like gushing fanboy mode right away. Aww. And I was like, I just want to get out of here. You know what I mean? No. So I said, I said, oh, yeah, I've totally read this. Um, I'm just going to grab this omnibus, you know? And he was like, well, when did you first start reading it how'd you hear about it and um, i was scrambling like in my mind and i just said well hey you know mark tweedale right and he goes yeah and i said he's a good friend of mine and then Aww. so right right after that he started talking to me like i was a peer oh, not man. like i was a fan yeah. and so i thought to myself like oh shit i gotta use this line all day right <laughs> like this is gonna be my go-to so I did it with Mark Laszlo and all kinds of like <laughs> Becky Cloonan. Like I was dropping that name all over the place. Amazing. And then later, later after I linked up with Wes uh, and that crew, 
uh, it, w- it was like just Wes and I were overlooking at Jesse Lonergan's stuff, right? Yeah. And, and he's the guy drawing uh, the Hellboy Universe book, Miss Truesdale. Yeah. And so we're sitting there like really nerd now. Now, this is much later in the day and I'm like up to speed, right? Full mm-hmm. energy. So like I'm asking him all this stuff about process. I'm like, did Manola ever give you layouts? You know, like how hands on is he? And and, mm-hmm. and we're going through his portfolio and there's stuff in there from issues we haven't read yet. And it's, oh it's really God. exciting, right? Oh, and wow. so then somewhere along the lines, Jesse Lonergan said he, he was alluding to the fact that there's an existing fan base and a massive one when it comes to Hellboy stuff mm-hmm. and that he was a little stressed or nervous about, you know, what the fan reaction would be. And I said, well, yeah, it's kind of like a big responsibility. And I was going somewhere with that. But he goes, well, that stresses me out. And I was like, no, I mean... <laughs> I mean, it's like a responsibility because, you know, inevitably you're going to come to a point in the Hellboy universe where where you're asked to depict a scene that's been drawn dozens of times by a whole yeah. bunch of people. And like, what choice do you make? Do you draw it like Manola did or, or whoever the last guy was that drew it, like kind of try and ape their style or mimic it? Or do you do your own thing? And what will fans appreciate? And he goes, you're not making me feel any less stressed. Uh-huh. And, and I was like, OK, I'll, I'll just I'll put it this way. Everything's fine. We love you. The entire you. fan base has got your back. You can do no wrong. This yeah. is not going to be bad for you. This is only going to be good for you. And he goes, how could you possibly know that? And I said, well, I don't like to bring it up a lot, but arguably <laughs> I was at one point the most popular Hellboy fan in North America. And he said, <laughs> he said, what is that? Is that a thing? Is that a thing? <laughs> and so then I turned to uh, Wes and I said, yeah, Wes. That's a thing, right? And he goes, I wouldn't even say arguably. He's like, I think you are the most popular. <laughs> I think that's Hellboy true. Fan yeah. in North America. And I said, no, I'm sure Salinas is is more popular. No. Right? No. And he goes, yeah, I don't know. And we're just sitting here talking. And then, of course, Jesse Lonergan's like, wait, are you guys serious? And I said, <laughs> I said, yeah, I, I had North America. Jerry Turnbull's got Scotland and Mark Tweedale's got Australia. And he goes, oh, Mark Tweedale, the guy that does all the interviews and reviews. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, Mark Tweedale, he's a good friend of mine. (laughs) And so so then (laughs) then later, you know, and, and like we let him off the hook. I mean, we were there for like an hour right at his table and we had a great time. He is so cool. And and the way we left it was please. Like, tell us what we got to do to keep you in this universe. Yeah. But so then later we link up with Andrew Craddock and and we're on our way to Daniel Warren Johnson's table. And there's like a line, of course. So Wes goes to hop in line. And I was like, hey, Andrew, let's go talk to Jesse Lonergan. He Mm. sees us coming. Right. He sees Mm. me. And then he says (laughs) to Andrew, he goes, so what are you, the second most popular Hellboy (laughs) fan in North America? And he goes, no, I'm pretty sure that's John Salinas. Oh, man. It was awesome. So that's that's Whoa. basically the story. But yeah, I was dropping Mark's name all over the place, and I'm gonna keep doing it too. And I heard Mark say that <laughs> I heard Mark say that Colin Bunn talked to him and said he met Matt Strackman, and that's not true. I know that <laughs> he doesn't remember my name. I, I don't even I don't even think I told him my name. So anyway, you nerds are so adorable. I love you so much. It was fun. That was yeah, wonderful. Mark's a good sport about it. Thank you so much for sharing that well and thanks for I, I guess like i got name dropped a couple I times guess so. In there, so man i'm yeah. gonna hit him up i'm gonna be like hey that's cute I'm sure my reputation oh. precedes me here no i wouldn't say that <laughs> told i'm just him. kidding i wouldn't do that but we well, told you know. him he's gotta go i on. will 
I'm going to be like, don't you know who this is? It's the second, it's the second most popular fan. In North America. In North America. I'm very good friends with Mark Tweedo. I'm very good friends with Mark Tweedo. And Matt Strackbine. Yes. We're friends with Mike Strackbine. Let us through. Yes. Yeah, but he he we told him you got to go on the Hellboy Book Club podcast. And, and uh, he was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to. So you oh, got to nice. make that happen awesome. at some point. We would love yeah. that. Yes, He's so yes. cool. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for putting that plug in there. We would man. absolutely really love to have that. him anytime, yeah. anytime. Maybe wait for Ms. Truesdale to wrap up. Yeah. After we'll, that. We'll have him it on. Would good to, it, it would be good to talk to him about once all the spoilers are out there. Absolutely. You know I mean? For yeah. sure. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much, Matt. All right. And now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. feedback. Listener feedback. You read a story. We talk about it. You hate them guys us. And it's a book club. Get out, trade some flowers. It's in the feedback. It's the feedback. All right. It's in there. It's we in heard, there, John. We heard from Alex Kopeck. Alex Kopeck. Book club member. Yes. He said, Hey guys, currently on episode 52. Great choice from Danielle with the Catwoman story. That was the Catwoman story. Oh, Lonely did we City. do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember that? Oh, that's, yeah. Good. that's a great comic. He yeah. said, uh, I really enjoyed it. The past couple episodes, you guys have been talking about video games, and I wanted to contribute to the conversation. Okay. My first gaming experience was on the PS2 in 2004. Do you remember the PS2? Did you have that? I oh, yeah. remember it. Yeah. I didn't have it myself, but I do remember it. Were you a, Did you play video games, Matt, growing up? Uh, the last video game console I have was like Nintendo 64. I was, okay. I've, I've just never really been big into video games, but right, I, right. I watch people play them. That's entertaining. <laughs> I was I was friends with someone that had a PS2, so I was over there a lot right. doing that. My roommate at the time had a PS2, so I didn't need to buy one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, um, my first video game with a stealth platformer called Sly 2, Band of Thebes. This series has an amazing art style and terrific music by Ashif Hakik and Peter McConnell. To this day, it's my favorite video game. I have thoughts on the Hellboy games that I'll save for the Hellboy podcast. I think I already read that one. I think I read that one last week. Okay. He said, catching up, Alex. Thanks a lot, Alex. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. Look forward to hearing you again. Yeah. I saw the trailer for the new Hellboy game. It looks so awesome. Yeah. Oh, Oh, there was a new trailer for that. Yeah. Yeah. Would you have any interest in playing that game, Matt? Or you're just like, nah, it's too late. It's too late for me. No. Uh, I'm. (laughs) He's not going to do it. I have become such a hardcore purist comic book fan Uh, in the last year. I can't be bothered with any. Anything outside of a comic. No other really. types of media. I will it's not. Not when says. it comes to these adaptations and stuff like that. I'm just not into it anymore. I can't. All do other it. forms of media. I say no to. Sure. Them. Okay. <laughs> That's what he says. Yeah. You know, I just the books are so good. You know, it's like you can always have expectations and be disappointed by the movies and the TV. And, and it creates a lot of like vitriol and division amongst the mm. fan base. And, and I see that a lot. And I understand it could occasionally be like the vocal minority or whatever, but I think for the most part, that stuff, even video games, I imagine are like this, but especially the movies, it's just like this long cycle of hype, hyping, right. hype machine. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, people are like, this better be good. And it's like, oh my gosh. And then it, oh, I was <laughs> disappointed for this reason. And I was disappointed for that reason. And this was the better you can version do what of I it. Do, and, I don't know. Which is to refuse to participate in any of that. I well, just that's what don't he's doing. look yeah. at or watch. That's, no, no, no. no what but, I'm saying is like, but, I just refuse to pay attention to like literally any of like media or hype. Did you hear about there's a trailer? I don't give a fuck. 
I'm not watching that. No, but this is care. why I, I continually use whatever platforms I have to push the books. And sure, the sure, books, sure. Right? I get and, it. Uh, but John is going to get this game. So I am going to be watching him playing this game. So I'll, well, I don't know. Thing, I'll watch. Maybe I'll play I'll it a little bit. It. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if the movie comes out, it's like I think I heard somebody on this podcast one time say, "Just tell me like a week before the movie comes out. Give That's me time me. to yeah. get tickets." Yeah, okay, and and like I totally agree with that. It's like, yeah, I'll check yeah. it out, but you know, I mean, you're just giving people room for. Come on, people aren't going to do the right thing and get excited. I have to find out from John. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Oh, hey, this movie's in the theater. Do you want to go?" And I'm like, "Yeah, let's go see it." <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, it, <laughs> like. Yeah, with the Hellboy movie, there's obviously there's always like, oh, well, what about this? What about this? Who them? gives you a know? fuck? So Shut it's up! Full, it's it's you're absolutely right, Matt. It's full of that, and so if I, you could just ignore that for ignore it. up until the week before it comes out, that would be great. I here's the real problem with me. I I well, there's a lot, but I renovated my basement into a library. And now I just sit there surrounded by bookshelves of comic books. And it's like, I cannot be bothered. I don't care. Great. I love that for you. Outside of that room, really. (laughs) I am. I'm supportive of this decision and lifestyle. It's so fun. You have made. Yeah. Awesome. We had some feedback on our Superman episodes, which we're going to follow up with today. Okay. We heard from Luke, not Dave Aldred. Luke, not Dave Aldred. That's a book club member. Yes. He said, this came up on Facebook, timely given your episodes on All-Star Superman and its references to the movie. And weirdly, there's a comment about All-Star Superman from a John Salinas, who I'm pretty sure isn't you. And so he shared this post. Okay. I thought it was pretty cool. I actually shared this from book club members uh, today on Facebook, if you want to check it out. I'm not going on there. But it's a Richard Donner. (laughs) um, It was basically a post from Richard Donner. Richard Donner had received a photo from somebody else, and he was like, oh, in all the years, I've never noticed this photo, and this is so amazing, and now it hangs on my desk in my office or whatever, and uh, it's a really cool photo. It's like a set photo from they have filmed where the the spaceship crashes into the ground, and it leaves the trail of dirt, and then Ma and Pa Kent are coming in the truck, Uh and then Richard Donner is like, yes, he's holding both arms up, and he's like, Oh, I did see that. He's yeah. like really excited that this is happening. You know, oh, that that's cute. That they've got this. You know what I mean? And somebody nice. took a photo of that, and it was really cool. Thank you for sharing that's that. That's adorable. So thanks a lot. All right, gang. We got a hey damn guys. Who's it from? Wow. Who do you fucking <laughs> think? It's from Hayden Noor. <laughs> Hayden Noor. Book club member. Book club member. Most popular book club member. No. You guys mentioned in North America. Th- in North America, you guys me- is he in North America? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You guys mentioned the sentient universe. Quell- Quag. Quell- Quag. You guys mentioned the sentient universe. Quag becoming Nebula Man in the older comics, but this isn't the only time Morrison has pulled the specific character into some of their more heady series. In Seven Soldiers, where Morrison debuted their version of Frankenstein, which is still the one DC uses today, ah. there's an issue of the Frankenstein miniseries with that larger series. Where Frankenstein shoots an even more mature version of Quick slash Nebula Man in the face and then kills him with his own cosmic spear, which is just so comics, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's what Hayden Orr had to say. Okay. We also got a Hey You Damn Guys from Drew Campbell. Drew Campbell. Book club member. Ah. And it says, I don't want to be obnoxious, but I know Danielle would want to know all about that DC 1 million storyline oh, actually came before no. All-Star Superman. Oh. 1 million oh. came out in 98. All-Star was in 2005 oh. to 2008. I'm going to kick this entire house apart. And then Mark Tweedell said, Danielle would be so relieved to hear this. Yes. I'm going <laughs> to. 
Oh yeah, so I, I got out and destroy this city. as far as the DC one million stuff and all this stuff. I don't know anything about it because I've gotten every fact I know, about it wrong. I know so. everything about it against my will. <laughs> I don't want to know any of this. Uh, Drew also said, interesting that the guy from the time council from the 24th century is almost unintelligible. But Cal Kent from the year 8500 speaks just like us. Maybe the cycle of language evolution brought the language back to an identical previous state huh i think just maybe he knows more languages he's like oh i can revert to this primitive language that other one was too futuristic i don't know i think maybe i'm gonna have a conniption (laughs) if we keep talking about this we also heard from e burnson e burnson book club member that's right yes he said, what do you ran- think about that? What? I'm about to say it, and then you tell me what you <laughs> no, think about it. No, I'm saying, it. what do you think about that he's a book club member? I think it's great. Oh, Personally, I think, great. I think it's great. He's a dedicated book club member. He's in yeah. my um, chat on my live streams all the time. Yeah. He's always throwing you guys props. Oh, oh shouts outs. Yeah, shouts awesome. Outs. Thank you. Thank you, Eber and Yeah. They said, random Superman thoughts. In my head canon, Clark's parents being alive serves him to be incredibly human and positive the same way that the Falling Pearls, Danielle's favorite, mm. serves Bruce to be irrationally attracted to seeking justice and being a borderline fascist. Yeah. So there you go. All of like, that's on track. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Random Superman thoughts. Thank you for that. We also heard from Jerry Turnbull. Your parents either will or won't fuck you up, I guess, is mm. what that's doing. That's the yeah. moral of that yeah. one. Jerry Turnbull. Book club member. That's right. <laughs> the was... most popular book club member in... <laughs> Scotland. Scotland. There you go. Well, him and Paul from Gotham. Him and Paul. Well, you know what? That's true. They're both tied for most popular in my heart in Scotland. (laughs) He said, (laughs) he said, Bar L is named after the prison in Glasgow. Yeah. Known locally as Bar L. Oh, okay. Which is, you know, I guess, um, aren't they from there? Morrison? Yeah, they're they're from Scotland. That's cool. Or quietly, both of them. I love that. Jerry also recommends Superman for all seasons. Oh, by okay. Tim right. Sale and Jeff Loeb. Yes. He said that's a beautiful book. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually haven't read that. It's great. Um, but I was looking at our bookshelf, and you have a copy yes, of that. Yes, I do. So it's a, it's I, have a, I have a copy that I need to read. It's amazing. That's a good Everything one. Everything Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb is amazing. I just pre ordered the Absolute Edition of that. Oh, nice. nice. Very good. Tim Sale, it just makes me so sad. Yeah. Still. It's that's still just really like, oh, sad and upsetting. RIP yeah. for sure. But I haven't read that story. So that's a good one, Matt. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. 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 I might have an extra hard copy of the um, deluxe edition. I might have an extra copy around. Well, Danielle has, we do have a copy. It's not deluxe, Um, though. That's for sure. Oh, it's not the deluxe edition. Deluxe. And I got the absolute coming, so. Nice, nice. I don't don't have a copy at all, though. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, Yeah, Aubrey needs a copy. Well, thank you so much. There you go. Friendship. Friendship. Aubrey needs to go to the store and buy his own. (laughs) (laughs) No, you'll get one. There's more than enough to go I'll buy it from you. If you've got an extra one, I'll buy that from you. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let me look into it. I'd be glad to gift it. Aw, Bridget. Hey, uh, Wes Matice just sent me a whole bunch of comic books. He was, when we were hanging out, he was like, have you read this? Have you read that? And I was like, no. And then he just sent them. My heart. Yeah. My oh, heart. Nice. Can yeah. I take this? So yeah. beautiful. He sent us a bunch of comics, too. I got to send him some oh, stuff. So sweet. We do. Yeah, definitely. We also heard from Christopher Egan. Christopher Egan. Book club member. Yes. He said... I second everything Mark said about Black Hammer. I've read it all, and it gets better and more twisty with each arc. Mm. Absolutely mind-blowing at times. I can talk all day about any Lemire book. 
Have you read any Black Hammer, Matt? Yep. Uh, I was writing comic book reviews when that debuted. And so I was assigned Black Hammer from the beginning and reviewed it for like two years. Awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was That's great. Awesome. It, it was really, really good because I guess I stopped reading it when they did a crossover with the actual DC comic stuff. And I was like, all right, well, that kind right. of defeats the purpose of yeah. Black Hammer in the first sure. place. If yeah. you've read it, that would make more sense. I don't want to spoil it, but it was fantastic. And like um, the spinoffs and stuff, I thought that was really smart. It was really So you're the too. guy to have on if the boys cover that. Yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds sure, like yeah. uh, Matt, Christopher Egan, Mark. There's a couple people. Uh, I just actually wanted to say thanks for the recommendations for the uh, comic books for the young, for the young people. Uh, oh right, yeah. Yes. Okay, how's uh, that working out? The kid went to the library this week, and they ones they couldn't check out, they put on a list for stuff to check out. Yeah. So they got like they took like all of the ones that Mark gave, and they just like went, that's wonderful. Every single one. That's of them. excellent. Except the, a couple of them because she'd already read them. I see. Oh, wow. Incredible. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Yes, interlibrary loan. Libraries. <laughs> libraries. Used to work, uh, libraries. I used to them. do interlibrary loan when I worked in the library for the brief time that I worked in the library. But like, if you don't have the book, you can request it from another library and then they send it to you. So libraries you are fucking awesome. There you go. Yeah. You can get whatever book you want. Awesome. And now it's time for our next segment. What do you see? What do you say? What are you seeing and what are you what saying? What are you seeing and saying? Okay, so this week, Kathy and I watched uh, Muscles of Mayhem, an unauthorized documentary of the American Gladiators. Yes. Wow. My brother told me it's okay. really good. Is it's it? really good. It's, and, it's five episodes. And okay. we used to watch that, too. Did you ever watch American Gladiators? No, I did not. Watch oh, my God. That show was so great. What about you, Matt? Oh, every Saturday morning. Yeah. yeah. Or was it Sunday? Yeah, it was every it's weekend fun. morning. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then just like watching them and they're talking about all the behind scenes stuff. So what is and... this? Can we tell me a little bit? About okay, what so this is. American Gladiators was like a uh, it was like it was... A sh- it's like a, a show where uh, the big gladiator dudes, the big muscle bound dudes okay. were like and you would have to like get past them in like contests like a like a football type thing or a they were physical thing. challenges. Physical challenges. Yes. Okay. And if you won the prize, you won the prize. You know, and and the gladiators are they dressed up like a Roman? <clears throat> oh no, they're not dressed up. They were like every. They were there every week. Is this the thing where you've got the big stick with the pads yes, on yeah, the end exactly. of them and you bomb yeah. each other with them? So the oh, gladiators. Yeah. Okay. No, I know what this is. The gladiators kind of became celebrities because yeah. they were on every week, yeah, and everybody had their favorite gladiator. Okay. There was laser, nitro, Gemini, ice. Awesome. Sky. So well, this is like wrestling, but it's these yeah. people instead. Um, man, I got to check that out. That's that cool. sounds really good. What? Am I they would like up? shoot tennis balls yes. and what? all that stuff. Do you remember that one? Yeah, there was like this obstacle course at the end where they like shoot tennis balls. There'd be, cool. there'd be times where you'd be in like these big steel balls and like trying to knock each other. Oh, balls. I yes. do know what that is. <laughs> yeah. I know what okay. that is. We gotta watch this. Yes, really oh, you've good. unlocked a memory that I oh, didn't man. even re- remember that I had. Yeah, that's amazing. Working gladiators. Was, was there one called Siren? Yeah. And they would yes. do this. Yeah. They would wave their hands to applaud. I think so, yeah. <laughs> cool. Siren. I do remember that. I do remember Matt's that. Matt's remembering it. Who was your favorite gladiator, Matt? Do you remember? Oh, uh, no, I don't. For me, it was like a spinoff from pro wrestling. So it was yeah. like, yeah, we can watch this. This is just more of what we like, you know? So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. It was, fun. it was like wrestling. It did have that kind of vibe to it. So I, uh, I've been catching up on, on my comics. I caught up on Ms. Truesdale. We were talking about Jesse Lonergan. Um, that second issue is incredible. We yeah. also, um, I also caught up on Hellboy in Love. Um, well, actually, I'm not caught up on that because I think the last issue came out this week. I haven't read that one. I caught up on Saga. Um, I also read 
Mr. Miracle by Tom King and Mitch Gerard. Oh, you Ooh. were telling oh. me that you yeah. really liked that. It, it was good. Yeah, it was really good. It was real like, um, what, what do I want to say? Like trigger warning for, okay. for certain things sure. in that book. Right. Because it's just kind of. It's it, it goes some to some real serious places okay. too, um, but it was good. It was enjoyable. I don't know that much about DC, so um, but it catches you up on all of that. So even if you're not like super familiar, we were talking about it. You were like, "How do you know all the stuff about Mister Miracle? How he's yeah, like, because you're not typically up on yeah. a lot of DC stuff, and you're like, "Oh, Mister Miracle," and I was like, "Okay, where's yeah, this coming from?" It was good, right on. Um, so that was really good. I also read The Night Eaters by Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda. Okay. You were um, saying that you thought that was something I could read, which was intriguing to me. Yeah, so because that's um, not usually here. You usually come with me, like, do not read this. The, yeah, you are going to because it's it. a horror book. Yeah, and um, it's the same team that does Monstrous. That was amazing. I, I read it in one sitting. It was incredible. The art is incredible. That was a recommendation by Mark Tweedell, by the way. Rave reviews, nice. Mark Tweedell. So excellent. And it's like the first of a trilogy or whatever, and the second one's coming out this fall. So this is a perfect time to pick up that book. I highly recommend that. Have you what read that called? one, Matt? Say the name again. Drop it again. The Night Eaters. The Night Eaters, he yeah. says, to read that. Marjorie Liu and Takeda. I have not. No. I also... Is there any warnings for that? Like any gore or anything? You said it was yeah, a horror sure. book. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's a, it's a horror book. Okay. So, I mean, basically whatever, okay. you know, that's okay. I think that's enough enough warning there. No, yeah. I'm just asking. I don't um, know about it. I've been watching a lot of stuff on streaming, right? <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I realized I just like watching behind the scenes. You really oh, like specials. watching behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. And that's fascinating. I will come into the room and be like, what is yeah. this? What are you watching? On the Disney Plus, they have the behind the scenes of all the Star Wars shows and yeah. all the Marvel all stuff. All the fucking puppets. Yeah. It, and it was, animatronics. I had to bring you in to show you some of that. And practical effects. So it was I was cool. in love. There's a, there's a scene where uh, on the making of the Boba Fett one, there's a scene where like Robert Rodriguez and Tamora Morrison are like jamming out together. They're like, playing guitars or something nice. like that and i was like what the heck is going on here he's in the boba fett armor um i really like uh, the one that you showed me that had uh hayden christensen yeah. for the obi-wan like the scenes where like from the behind the scenes stuff like where he meets with ewan mcgregor again like all that, it was incredibly touching like i found myself tearing up watching some of those well, that's awesome uh, behind the scenes stuff it was really good you um, called just, me in to watch them like be like hello there to yeah, each other yeah, or whatever really and i was like that's really that that's really sweet that they apparently in like have a good relationship in real life and yeah. are like friends and shit and whatever and they it was like a nice reunion yeah, they had. They're yeah. like, oh we just fell right back into it we were able to kind of just get right back into the characters and whatever that's nice yeah to yeah. know because hayden christensen i feel like got so much he got a bad he got a yeah bad he got a lot of like hate i think yeah. which yeah. is not cool so it's nice to see him like come back and be like yeah. ah treated well yeah, yeah yeah that's one that i would definitely have you watched any of that stuff aubrey uh no but during the press junket for um obi-wan he and aiden christian and Ian mcgregor did a lot of like videos together and they yeah. kept talking about how great it was to see each other again they're okay. like they were kept saying the best thing about doing this was seeing each other that's again. nice that's, nice. that's yeah. really nice you, you should check that out i think you would enjoy it i watched a bunch of superman animated stuff yeah. on the hbo max Nice. Uh, I got you watching all the animated DC shit. Yeah, it's really good. They did um, take full credit for that. They have a Death of Superman, Reign of the Superman, uh, nice. like double movie or whatever. The Death of Superman is from 2018, Reign of Superman from 2019, um, and they go together. And it was really good. Like I don't know if you remember, but that comic is a mess. 
Yeah. Um, and they make something like kind of coherent out of it. And it's two movies and the whole Justice League is in there. It isn't just Superman fighting Doomsday. And Doomsday starts off like in the comics where yeah. you don't know what he is. He's just this guy in armor or whatever. And yeah. then anyway, it was pretty cool. I was telling, I spoiled the ending for Danielle. I was telling her about it. It was pretty That's cool. Fine. I like what they did with the ending uh, with the death of Superman, but whatever. DC um, has always had their animated shit on yeah. lock and I they cannot figure out how to yeah. do good. Li- I, I don't understand how they, how they don't do good live action when they've got such great right. animated stuff it's like you know how to do this just do it well we watched also adventures my adventures with superman the new i fucking love that have show. you watched that have any either of you guys seen that what is it my adventures with superman i saw the mm-hmm. first one yeah it has magical girl transformation i liked it it it's was like really good with yeah. moon. i love it so much it's really good <laughs> it's awesome yeah it's i highly recommend cute. that it was good it's adorable i love it oh yeah i do remember i did watch the movie the dark tower it still sucks. Oh, Aww. no. Don't watch it. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that, man. Way too short. They rushed oh, it. Oh, it really did. Right? Idris Elba, great gunslinger, though. Idris Elba was great. And he's great in everything. Yeah. He's great in stuff. I watched all of The Bear. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I watched a couple episodes of that. It's good. I watched all of The Bear, and I think the actors are great in that show. And I like the cinematography. Nice. It's good stuff. Okay. It's very good. That's and the then... cooking show, right? The restaurant show? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was yeah. too stressful yeah. for me. If you ever I... want to be more stressed out yeah. than you've ever been stressed out in your whole life, watch that show. I couldn't do it. You couldn't I do worked it. In a, I worked in a kitchen oh, for yeah. years, and, and I was like, oh, it's all coming back. Yeah. 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 You've got that PTSD. The moments where they walk into the, the walk-in, right. the freezer, and they just stand there. Right. So sure. real. Yeah. So real. Anyway. But uh, no, it's excellent acting and a lot of excellent kind of people pop up in there that you're like, ah, it's this person. Here we are. Okay. But then like, you know, really solid cast as far as like the regular cast. And then you see some cameos and they're fantastic. And anyway, excellent writing, excellent cinematography, just really good stuff all around. um, And it's good. What about you? What are you seeing? And what are you saying, Mass Track, Brian? Well, I mean, as far as what I'm watching, you know, I've been watching... um, of course, the Mandalorian, Andor, Kenobi. I'll watch all that stuff. It's, oh, okay. it's totally entertaining, but I think Andor was like amazing. Yeah, That's like that one was... of the best Star Wars things I've ever seen. It's very totally Star agree. Wars-y. Um, also, I'm I'm a big Ted Lasso fan. I like the unapologetically positive stuff that comes out of Ted Lasso. Do you guys know Ted Lasso? I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it's it. Funny. I need to check that out. I haven't yeah, watched and... it yet, but my, uh, my brother's a big fan of it. Well, so you always got to admire it when they wrap it up. When they're not just going to jump the shark, you know, so they ended it. Uh, I think it was four seasons, but they ended it. So that I, I thought that was cool. And it's, they did it just right. Uh, I also watched Slow Horses with Gary Oldman, which is a really cool show oh. about kind of like C-list MI5 guys, like rejects from MI5. Oh, so wow. <laughs> it's a really good, good show. They're going oh, on wow. their third Check season. Check that out. Do you guys watch the Star Trek stuff like on Paramount Plus? I just caught up on all of that. Okay, so I still Picard Discovery. I ha- I want to watch Picard. I haven't done. I haven't watched Discovery yet, but I've watched the first season of Strange New Worlds, and it is really good. It is one of those things where they're like, "Oh no, there's a problem. Oh, we fixed it. Oh, but new problem. Wait, hold on. We'll get out of it. Oop, dilemma. Uh, we'll get out of that too. So it's <laughs> it's like all these shows are. It's like constant, like they're up against it, they fixed it, they're up against it, they fixed it, and that gets a little old. But the character interaction is really, really good. So I, I totally dig those. I'm really having fun geeking out, and I'm a long-term Star Wars fan, so that's why. Star I've been Trek. playing a lot of tennis. 
lately. My wife and I have been playing tennis a lot. And so I just watched this series. It's a docu-series on Netflix called Breakpoint. Okay. Even if even if you don't play tennis or watch it, you would dig this. It's very okay. fun. It's nice. really fun. Tennis is a very youthful sport right now. And it's kind of cool. It's got like a new edgy vibe that wasn't always there. I also just watched Silo. Have you guys seen Silo? My brother texted me. He said it was one of the best shows he's ever seen. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I have my problems with it because it. I don't want to ruin it. If you guys haven't seen it, I won't talk about right, it too much. Yeah. But, but it is one of those things where it's like, how come this? Mm. Wake up. Pay attention. <laughs> you know, like you're yelling at the characters sometimes. And I just started watching Hijack, which is uh, the new Idris Ilba show. I've seen the commercial oh, wow. for it. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, and I'm watching a ton of movies. I take this online film discussion class. So we watch a lot of like old movies and stuff. I just watched uh, Pandora's Box from 1929. It's a silent film. So it's like supposedly Quentin Tarantino's favorite film, but it was really cool. So I get like a whole bunch of that stuff, like Criterion Collection films like every week. So that's always cool. But like as far as comics, check this out. So I've been reading a ton of Superman. I just read volume one, two, three of Man of Steel by John Byrne. I've read the uh, I've read the first six issues of his like the Man of Steel. That was pretty good. Well, and it's funny because. Like, I could talk about this, too, once we start talking about All-Star today. But, like, all of this stuff I've been reading, knowing that we're going to cover All-Star Superman, I'm like, (laughs) wow, this is, like, a little bit too... I've overindulged. Uh, I read Camelot (laughs) Falls by Kurt Busiek and uh, Carlos Pacheco. I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name. Mm -hmm. They they work together on Avengers stuff, so it was cool to see them doing Superman. Nice. My favorite Superman I've read in a long time was Man of Tomorrow by Robert Venditti and Paul Pelletier. Those guys are a great team, and I've recently just met them at cons. Oh, wow. What is that series from? It doesn't like fit into a 52 or new 52. Or oh, I see. Like okay. It was great because Robert Venditti writes Superman in Metropolis. Oh, like, nice. it's not, it's not, he doesn't go into space. He's not around the world. There's no Justice League. He's just in Metropolis fighting like gangsters or monsters and stuff like that. Hmm. He has this great running gag where like Lois of course, knows he's Superman, so she's always like trying to figure out what to do with his clothes when he changes in the oh. costume. <laughs> it's really funny, and it's the kind of thing that, that would normally come off like kind of corny, but this guy's such a good writer. He did the Superman 78 stuff. Oh, nice. Okay. okay. Yeah, nice. so he's he's really good, and Paul Pelletier is just like one of these classic uh, comic book artists that's been with DC since like the 90s. I just met him at Heroes Con. He's a legend. Awesome. And I'm also reading the newest uh, Adventures of Superman with John Kent by Tom Taylor. Oh, um, that's on my that list of stuff. stuff to read. That looks really good. Wow. That's really, I don't know if you ever read the Injustice stuff based on the video game, but like mm. it kind of ties in. It's really good. And I'm reading DC's Spirit World, which features their first non-binary hero. And it's done in a very sincere and genuine way. And mm. uh, John Constantine's in it too. So that's kind of oh, like. Oh, cool. Very cool. I'm reading the newest Incredible Hulk. There's only one issue out, but it's it's got one of the craziest Incredible Hulk transitions I've ever seen. Like when <laughs> Banner turns into the Hulk. I've never seen anything like this. It's oh, so wow. yeah, it's really like monstrous. It's very okay. cool. Who's the art team on that one? Well, it's written by Philip Kennedy Johnson and it's drawn by Nick Klein. And I'm not familiar with him at okay. all. And nice. it's great. Yeah, it was really cool. And, you know, I'm trying to read more Marvel stuff, right? So I picked up X-Men Days of Future Past Doomsday. That's like the story that leads up to the classic Days of Future Past. Mm. Okay. There's only one issue of that, too. I just read Night Fever by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. 
you know, they keep putting out these like one-off hardback comic books. Night Fever is just as good as all the rest. It's like more neo-noir stuff. There's like a new Teen Titans series that I'm reading. The Ultimates are back. Like Hickman and and Hitch are back on Ultimates oh, wow. now with Ultimate Invasion. I heard about that, yeah. There's like a whole new DC crossover thing where it's like you buy 24 single issues to understand the story, but it's called <laughs> Night Terrors. But I don't know. So far, it's good. Um, Miss Truesdale, I did the Beyond the White Knight, which is the um, Sean Gordon Murphy right, stuff, stuff, like his yeah. whole universe. And of course, I'm reading Danger Street by Tom King and Jorge Forbes. Uh, Danger Street. I mean, that's like if you like Mr. Miracle at all, just go out and read anything else by Tom King and you'll, like, you'll quickly be hooked. Yeah. Well, I liked uh, I like Strange Adventures also. That was really good. His Watchmen was really good. Thank you for recommending that again. He and Mitch Gerard are doing um, a story in the new Batman Brave and Bold anthology. And the whole anthology is good, but their Batman story is good. You know, Mitch retweeted me recently. He was in the hospital for something and I spoofed him and like did a cartoon of him and I he did see that it. yeah that's awesome that's so cool there's a new conan coming out i'm excited about i'm reading s- collections of smurf comics that were originally in french and being introduced in english for the first time oh wow. i got i mean cut me off at any time you guys i got a spectacular <laughs> spider-man omnibus number one just came out i got spider-man omnibus by roger stern which is like kind of where Spectacular picks up. So it's like the volume two. I got the Super Friends Saturday Morning Comics volume one and two. Omnibus, that stuff is like 70s. You know, Ramona Freydon. She's a legendary comic book artist. She's all over that. I just read The Fall by Jared Moral, which was originally a French comic and then Image picked it up. It's being introduced in English for the first time. Just read... I've been introducing a lot of comics that are not superhero comics to my interview guests. That's how I end all my interviews. Okay. So yeah, I've been like yeah. trying to like broaden people's horizons and and explain to them that comics aren't just capes. So like I've been reading like the Black Panther Party by David F. Walker, which is like a graphic history of the Black Panther Party. Wake, the hidden history of women-led slave revolts, you know, Persepolis, stuff like that. I found this comic. I interviewed this guy out of San Francisco that runs ABO Comics. It's pro-prison abolition comics made by queer inmates. And they're like zines. And you can get them physical or uh, digitally. That stuff is just amazing. I don't know if anybody has read uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. Anybody read that? Oh, yeah. I've read that. Yeah. So there's a spinoff called Lost Years. It's better. I haven't haven't read that. Yeah. It's even, it's better. There's one issue left, like the fourth issue is about to come out. It's even better than the original last one. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really good. And uh, everyone should check out Void Rivals because after IDW lost the license, well, they didn't lose it. The license for G.I. Joe and Transformers, the Hasbro comics license expired at IDW. And um, Void Rivals, number one, is by Skybound, which is um, Kirkman, Robert Kirkman's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they That's where it's landed. And so Void Rivals uh, is the big reveal. Yeah, I have that out. issue. I, I got oh, that okay, issue. Cool. Yeah, Get the was... second printing. Okay. Get the second printing because the cover makes it worthwhile. Oh, okay. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I, I've got like a lot more, but I, cut me off. We'll, we'll save the rest for next time. I told you it could be a whole another episode. <laughs> No, but I do agree on Void Rivals. That was a cool, that was a really cool issue. I highly recommend that too. Awesome. Well, thanks for your epic comics uh, recommendation there, Matt. Sure. You've been seeing and saying a lot. That's all I do. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, thanks again for joining us. We're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. And this week we have our finale of All-Star Superman. This week we're discussing issues 11 and 12. These were published in July and October 2008. So there was a bit of a gap between those last two issues. I don't remember that. This is written by Morrison, art by Frank Quitely, inks and colors by Jamie Grant. Here on the cover of issue 11, it's got the headline Superman's Dead by Clark Kent. And that was referenced in issue three. So we open here with the execution of Lex Luthor. He gets electrocuted. He doesn't care, right? He's kind of like the same uh, the same thing that we saw when he was sentenced to death. I hear Clancy Brown in my head so loud oh, when yeah, I read right. his dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's interesting, some of the things that he says, right? So the first thing that he says is he points out that the guard stinks. And he also um, he's, has this little drink there, right? So I think like these are kind of some clues that are kind of um gonna inform oh i thought that was ha- just him making a like a mean joke like he's being he's like ah he's that's so what i thought rational. it was too but he used to say the he used to say the padre not the guard yeah padre well, either way yeah the, yeah like father as in the priest yeah yeah i don't i really do think that that's just him being a mean okay weird, like he's just like ah on the reveal on the next page i mean we see that he isn't dead right he no. survived it and he says that last perfect cocktail you allowed me to mix contained a hidden pre-programmed shape-shifting molecule I designed. I just drank a 24-hour superpower serum, and that'll be Mr. Luther to you. And we see his eyes, like, glow red. I was thinking that when he drank it, like, then his senses start oh, okay. magnifying, mm. and all of a sudden, like, he can smell that guy sure. super yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, maybe and so. And he's like, all right, first thing, get that guy away from me. Get out me. of here. You get, know? get his irrational, stinky ass out of here. There you go, yeah. Sure. We knew that he wasn't going to really be killed or whatever right that wouldn't have been very compelling i don't think (laughs) just like fry him in the chair and be like well there you go um i do like the reveal of all his superpowers and everything like when he uh when he blocks the bullets like one like gleams off his teeth or whatever it's really good nice stops the bullets there with his hand so one of your favorite discussions danielle has been all the changes made from the single issues from to the trades and collected editions Um, (sighs) so i wanted to talk about this a little bit more because matt you mentioned the the line change right uh what what was it on the um, what was it originally like how to increase your brain power and then they changed it to yeah on the book how to mix the perfect cocktail right and i think like this is why they changed it. Oh, they changed okay. it to how to mix your perfect cocktail on the previous issue because that's his secret plan here. You know, I mean, it's another clue that this is what he's doing. It's a little bit of foreshadowing, right? Okay, that has to be why they changed it. Why would he read a book on how to increase brain power? He's way too arrogant for that. For both of those reasons, you know what I mean. That that's probably why they changed it. But anyway, I wanted to come around to your favorite thing, Danielle, and talk about that. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna freak out. I like that the Bible's on fire. I oh, think that's okay. funny. I just think it's a funny little gag, little sight gag there. Oh yeah. So over at the Fortress of Solitude, Superman cleans up the gravity stable. That's his way of saying goodbye to his Sun Eater Aww, friend. Aww. The Sun Eater yeah. that he was sad when they had to say goodbye. The super robot notices him getting weaker, and Superman explains that he needs the robots to help him. We also see like a little glimpse of the Phantom Zone. Did you yeah, see that? The Phantom mm-hmm. Zone. It looks like Barrow is rounding up some criminals or something like that in there. Yep. I wanted to talk about how he's talking about. I missed having our little Sun Eater around. I hope he found his way back onto the migration routes out past the Oort Cloud. So it was like we were talking about before of like 
he's just a little guy. Sure, and they yeah. have their own little. Yeah. You know, they're part of the ecosystem, the greater ecosystem that we're not really aware of, but they have their own little migration routes and they're yeah, like, yeah. like elephants, I guess, or sure, something, yeah. you know, like, that's cute. Do elephants migrate? Did I just make that up? No, I think they do. Okay. I believe yeah. they do. If they don't, get on it, elephants. Yeah. <laughs> so Superman shows the robot his menagerie. Um, now he has some weird backward animals from the cube world too. Aww. Did you see this cat? Like the Zaro the, Zoo. Yeah, he's got like some weird animals now. The, also, I like how Superman is. He's thinking about them, and he's like, "These poor creatures, you know, they require special care and attention. Yeah, you have to take care of them because they don't. They're just weird." Oh, I like your. The giraffe gator. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like these cow gorilla things. <laughs> right, yeah. Or it's like whale birds or something like that. We see a couple of the little Easter eggs in the background. We see Lois's suit from when she was had superpowers. The little mouse in has issue antlers. Three. This is cute. I'm sorry. So Lois's super suit. I see it. I love it. Where's a little mouse with antlers? In front of the cat. This is cute. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. He's green. We see that picture that they took in the diner. Yeah, that's remember cute. that's how the Superman knew mm-hmm. to f- to come back and find him because of that picture. We also see like a domino mask. I don't know what that was a reference to. A couple of these things I couldn't I couldn't figure out. So obviously he's got Zavaro's poem. Mm. That's the paper. Um, we also see like a mask and like a fist. I, I don't know what those are. And I even reached out to like Jerry Turnbull to like try to help me figure it out. I can only think like maybe like Metallo mm. or maybe even um, Robot Superman or something like that. Cyborg Superman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how he he wants to super laminate. I was gonna say uh, he's super laminated. Zabaro's poem. Yeah, well, I think like the super lam- laminate is what's on that picture. That's why it's in like a little block uh, or something. No, because you know? it's it's already he's handing it to him, so it's been super laminated already. Oh, it already has? Yeah, he's handing it to him. Oh, okay. At, it's been super laminated. I guess it's like it's some nanotechnology. Oh, okay, yeah. You That's can pretty cool. I, want, I have some things I want to get super laminated. Okay. This is going to cost you. Per, uh, <laughs> the, the, the picture looks per like linear it's, foot. The picture looks like it's been placed in an acrylic box. Yeah. So Superman reflects on his life, and he mentions Pete, Lana, and Jimmy, and even Batman. He's like, oh, the Incredibles adventures we've had together. But he mostly talks about Lois and how he loved her most of all. He steps into his lab. This is the same lab. He's doing we sl- his big laser journal. Right. He's writing his testament. Yeah. So he steps into his lab. This is the same lab that we saw him working in issues two and three. He's working on his new super suit. You can see that there. Woo! Yeah. He's going to strip down. Woo! Check it out. <laughs> how do you take your shirt off? You take your shirt off like that or do it a different way? Um, you mean, how do I take my no, costume like a t-shirt. off? Yeah, like if it's a, no, if it's a, like a t-shirt like that. Yeah. How are you doing that? Yeah, yeah like just that. like that. Like that? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I've seen some psycho and... ways that people take their shirts off. Have you ever seen people it take it off, from grab it from the back? Yeah. What like is if that? It's tight. If it's tight, it's easier to do it that way sometimes. What is that about? Yeah. I've, I've done that when I've been out in the yard working and I'm all sweaty. Yeah. Okay. That's, that, I can yeah, see yeah, how that I've would d- be. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. When I'm all sweaty. I can sweaty. see how that would be a thing that you yeah, need to do. Yeah. yeah. You need leverage. Yeah. Leverage. <laughs> leverage is fine. Because that, that fucking thing is stuck <laughs> to your back. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is how you take a shirt off. I'm just saying. Okay. That's yeah. How you do Superman's it. showing a good demonstration. Yeah. That's, Wee! that's one of the good ways to do it. Yeah. So we cut over to. To Nostalgia, am I saying that right? Nostalgia Luther, nasty Luther, nasty. She's in one of Luther's lairs, bragging about it. I think she's talking to her mom, 
Look at all those costumes over here. Yeah, she's like... I don't think that's her mom. I actually have like quite a bit of backstory about this character, Nasty. Her last name is Colby, by the way. Her mother, Lena Thulor, which is Luther with letters scrambled. Thulor, yeah. see, his parents uh, abandoned him when he turned to a life of crime and they changed their last name. And so Lena oh, wow. eloped with an FBI agent named Jeff Colby. And Nasty was their daughter. So I think her last name is Colby. I believe that that's Supergirl in that hologram. It feels oh, like... you're right. Yeah. Oh, so she's talking she's to taunting Supergirl. Her. Yeah, she's yeah. taunting her saying, I'm in, in a, an authentic Luther's lair. I'm not going to say which one, duh. Yeah. Right? She's like taunting her. So <laughs> that was one thing is they went to college together. Right. This and they were Silver she Age appeared stuff. in a, a Supergirl comic, right? Yeah, and she was like constantly trying to expose her secret identity because she figured out who she was. And she was always trying to expose that. So I think if I'm reading this right, she's stuck in this layer. Oh, and by the way, Luther's layer is the actual name of Lex Luther's hideouts. He calls them Luther's layer. So like she's (laughs) stuck in this layer and she's like called Supergirl to taunt her, right? And be like, no, I'm not going to tell you. I thought it was her mom because of like the line well at least uncle lexi takes my world domination plan seriously that's why you know like that's why i'm over here in, right, in his lair. Yeah. yeah of course it's a real lair then he goes how's your mom right she well she's mad at you i don't know I, that's why i've thought that that was but that's also a really, really oh he says really how's funny, your mom yeah yeah he goes well how, how's how's your mom like because i thought because she was talking to her mom but your thing is funny yeah. And I like it too. It kind of looks like funny. Silver Age Supergirl. But if he says, How's your mom? That's probably it. It does. Well, I mean, he could be saying he that. He could be saying that. I don't know. He could be saying that. Either one of, of these could be probable, and they're both yeah. very it's, funny. It makes sense either way. Both things are hilarious, so it's fine. I, I love this page. Obviously, the Easter eggs were driving me crazy, right? I had to like go look for all of these, and I couldn't find all of them, but I would bet that every single one of these costumes, robots, is a thing, is a thing from a Silver Age. Let's comment. just assume that they are and keep going. So the, oh, the, no. the the very first one on the left, that looks like the classic like superpowers yeah. um, Lex Luthor costume. The one we'll never get the one, in the live action films. The one with the LL on the front and all those little like um, colors on the belt. Mm-hmm. That one's on the cover of Action Comics 298. Um, and I couldn't find the rest of them. The one on the very end with the brown pants, it's like a parachute suit. That one's on the cover of 249. And then if you look down below, when he turns around and he's using his like x-ray vision, that yeah. that robot thing all the way on the left, that one's from Action Comics 216, the Super Menace of Metropolis. And then that green robot thing, that humanoid thing, that's from Action Comics 294, Superman and the Kryptonite Killer. On that cover, like... Lex Luthor is playing a piano, and the piano is projecting this guy. Oh, that's awesome. And he's fighting <laughs> Superman. It was really good. <laughs> I'll post some of these covers. It's really good. I did reach out to Jerry Turnbull also, and he showed me the Einstein bust. So there is an issue, Superman 416, Luthor breaks out of jail or something. I don't know the whole thing, but like basically Luthor wants to see the Einstein statue. And, okay. like he, and he tears up looking at it. You know, so Jerry was like, this might be what that's a reference to, the Einstein bust in there. Anyway, I love all this. I love all the colors in there, and obviously it's capturing all the Silver Age goodness from those old comics. So when Luthor gets in there, he immediately starts working 
on things. Oh, well, I, f- I forgot this uh, this one line. He mentions that he made the serum and he's the only one that could make it. Yeah, he's like, thanks to the serum, only I could have made. But we know that Superman made the serum. And in... he stole it from the robot. <laughs> exactly. So, well, we're going to find out that he actually stole it. But even if we do believe that he made it, he's not the only one who made it. Superman made it before him. So as Luthor enters his lab, he starts working on something and he builds this robot like super quick. He comments on being able to see atoms and all this stuff. And he leaves all his stuff to Nastasia. He tosses her this helmet. It's got like a targeting scope on the top of it or something like that. I assumed it was like a controller antenna or something. Like right. That. Yeah. And we get some good back and forth between the characters. I like all this. Uh, Nastasia mentions how a lot of people hate Superman and her wedding plans. Did you like that? Her, her. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's very April Ludgate. Yeah. I've been planning my wedding day. I'll be standing on an asteroid hurtling towards Earth with my undead groom. We'll exchange vows, commit suicide, and bring about mass species extinction all at the same time. You always wear my favorite niece. Now pay attention. <laughs> Notice how they're all like secondary colors. Yes. Yes. That was because like mainly the challenges in printing CMYK on cheap paper back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s was like they wanted to use real bright colors, primary colors for the heroes. And by the time they got to the villains, it was all secondary colors. Yeah. So they call mm-hmm. them sinister secondary colors. Ooh. <laughs> awesome. I love that. More on that. That's why a lot of them are in uh, purple and green except the hulk is in purple and green which i find interesting anti-hero oh, well yeah. yeah and then think about it like this aquaman secondary colors mm-hmm. metamorpho secondary colors they mm-hmm. came around later and it was like well what are we going to make them all blue and red and yeah, pink, yeah. right? so they had to mix it up they had to start mixing it up and and that's uh that's good i think as luthor leads her outside we see that the sky is red which makes superman lose his powers luthor says he has friends in high places Superman, place the top with some skirts of walls. <laughs> <laughs> is that the voice of... Uh, um, yeah, um, so um, um, um. we see Lex's friend in high places. This is the tyrant's son, Solaris. And apparently this guy was introduced in this DC 1 million series that I keep messing up all the facts on. But he is originally from that, I think, which is also written by Grant Morrison. Yeah, cool. you know, you're going to have to cover that series now. <laughs> I know, right? I owe it since I've gotten so many things wrong on it. And we see Superman, he dons his new white solar suit. It has a yellow sun emblem on the front. Cool. And I thought that that's kind of like a nod to the series title, All-Star Superman. You know what I mean? Here he's like the All-Star Superman. One quick note about the red sun. The first appearance of a red sun in the reveal that it robbed Superman of his powers was from Action Comics number 300, Under a Red Sun. Mm. Ooh. Nice. It's also pretty interesting that they they have all kinds of suns. Like under a blue sun, he has extra power. Under a purple sun, it's mind over matter powers, whatever that means. Uh, (laughs) Um, Under a a white dwarf sun, he has increased powers, which I guess are like extra powers or maybe just his powers are increased. But then like a blue sun should also give regular humans kryptonian powers which i didn't realize kryptonians had so i guess it gives them the powers kryptonians have under a yellow sun but it gets pretty convoluted (laughs) that's that's good shit i love this matt so is this from your uh official superman quiz book i'm referencing the official superman quiz book by bruce nash um from 1973 which wraps up the entire uh silver age so does a red sun the red sun robs him of his powers or just doesn't provide enough power for him to have his normal powers krypton was under a red star 
Rao, the son of Rao yes. Ro. I think it's Rao. Great um, Rao. Great Rao. So it's like basically it's like a sliding scale of like the more powerful the son, the more powerful the Superman. Yeah, it's like he did. They, like Kryptonians don't have powers, was yeah. my understanding. But yeah. then again, it's a different planet. So what does that right. mean? <laughs> it gets. See, that's the thing with Superman. Is it's like strange sci-fi. It doesn't have to be explained. No, none I of the like science that. makes any no. sense at all. It's so weird. And that's to me is is that's excellent comic yeah. books. That's well, what makes that that to me is cinema. Well. Matt, have you read Superman uh, Year, uh, Earth One by J. Michael Stravinsky? Yeah, you know, I like those Earth One books. That was kind of my least favorite, but but what about it? I just remember like uh, the bad guy in that. He was like a Kryptonian, but he was under like an X-ray sun, and he had different powers than Superman, and I always thought that was neat. Yeah. And I thought it's that so... J.M. Stravinsky might have invented it for that, but now that I hear from your quiz book. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's been written yeah. before, but you know what's weird? It's, it's like, oh, he was the last of his kind, and then they're like, oh, no, he wasn't. There's all these other Kryptonians that are going to pop up all <laughs> the like time, including in this book. Ones. But there's like one Kryptonian no one ever brings up. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jor-El, Superman's father? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had two younger brothers, Zor-El, who was Supergirl's dad. Right. And Zor-El's twin brother, Nim-El. And the no one man. ever brings up the twin. And I'm like, gosh, it just seems like the ultimate perfect yeah. Kryptonian to bring back, right? Like, right. there's a lot of stuff you could write about. We don't talk about Nimel. He's yeah. kind of. <laughs> it's like, why not though? Because it's kinda, like that part well, of the, it, you know, that family tree little... is just dangling out there. That's just a branch. <laughs> yeah. No one's gone down. That's Let me so put it funny. this way: He's not invited over to Zadel's anymore <laughs> because of they had a thing. It yeah. was a whole thing, and it's just. But like, if you're gonna bring back Kryptonians, I don't know. Bring yeah. back one that was written about or mentioned, and then that was it. I don't, I don't know, I don't know, but yeah, it is funny how they keep bringing Kryptonians back from supposedly a planet that blew up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, this one was an astronaut. This yeah. one got stuck in an interdimensional tube. Yeah. This for one real. spent too much time on the internet, and now he's just hard to be around. So yeah. we just don't really invite him over anymore, and it's just kind of it's a whole thing. Uh, what do you think of Superman's solar suit here? I love it. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I like the shot of him just like looking at the helmet. It's really nice. Yeah, it's super good. His super robots don't want him to stand alone, so all but so, one. So did we settle on a voice for the Tyrant Sun? Should I try out a few more? Superman, <laughs> face the Tyrant Sun, scourge of wolves. I like that one better. That's like Disney's Mad Hatter, right? From <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> so uh, Superman's robots don't want him to stand alone. So all but one are going to go with him into battle. One is going to stay behind to guard and do all the take care of the zoo Aww. and all the animals and stuff. What a moment. It's so yeah. great. Yeah. He puts the key under all a rug. All my friends are robots. Yeah. Is that what he says? No, he doesn't say oh, that. Oh, he doesn't say that. Why did you say that? I don't know. <laughs> Why did you say all my friends are robots? Because it's, it's his friends are robots. Look at his friends. They're, they're his friends. They're robots. I like that he puts the key under the wall. That's really mat. cute. Yeah, so. This is adorable. It, it's a little different because he just had it laying out there first. Right. Now he's at least got it under the welcome under mat. Under the welcome mat. <laughs> Hilarious. I think the juxtaposition between that imagery and what he's saying is so right. fucking yeah. great. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's saying this whole epic moment. Seal and... the fortress. And just put this key yeah. underneath the welcome yeah. mat. The most wholesome <laughs> thing a person can do. Um, so they all fly towards the tyrant sun. 
I love this shot. All of this is incredibly epic. And Come, uh, Superman. Come die. The, the sun is... Uh, it's surprised that Superman's ready for it. But he received that message from the future. Remember, we tried to decipher that message. You and Aubrey, like, helped Did try to help figure that? out what he was saying. Remember, it was all, like, this scrambled language. And I was like, I don't oh, understand what this right. means. Yeah. But at the end of it, Superman goes, solar intelligence systems. So, like, ah. that's what he figured oh. out from figured this. He figured out whatever from this, right? Can we go back just one second where he says you'll be able to hear his voice on the 103 megahertz wavelength? Right. Why? I wonder why that specifically. Because like... Because he's a big sun. Like I know for a fact that humans can only discern like 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz. I wonder why 103 megahertz... I don't know. Does that mean anything to you as like, I don't know. To me, no, I'm not a scientist or, or even very smart in general. So I do not understand. No, what that means. I mean, do I, we want to Google this? Is this I'm I mean, Googling the only, it right now, okay. but nothing's really coming up. Like The only reason I know anything about this topic is because I have Akira on Blu-ray and that was released at 192 kilohertz. And I was like, why? Humans can't hear that. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's yeah. like because it was it there are parts of the soundtrack that hit a hundred kilohertz and they were like, Well, this'll make it we have to do it. It was like makes no sense to me. And like you could probably cut all this out, but but I just thought it was <laughs> I just thought it was unique that he would say, like, what is that number reference? Why? What's that supposed to mean? Is it just throwing a number in there to make it sound cool? Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of that stuff in there too. Like, I mean, I tried to look up. There was a term that he used when he uh, that Quintum used when he and I couldn't find it like on Google at all. And I was and so I think hmm. some of it is just it's meant to be interesting science and knowing Grant Morrison. Who knows if it's something that's actually based in reality or something that they just made up for this? I don't know. I mean, I really yeah. don't. But yeah, yeah that anyway. is interesting. I'm going to I'm going to put this podcast on the 103rd megahertz Good. wavelength. Well, it's Great. just real specific. It's weird. I don't know why is he being so specific, but anyway. It is a very specific line. I don't know. Yeah. I think that adds to the the wonderment. Right. It's just putting you more in the world. It, yeah. makes, like, it makes you be like that's pretty cool, I think. Something you would only say to robots, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because all his friends are robots, as we know. A famous line of dialogue from Superman. <laughs> all my friends are robots. So I think that we can confidently say that he's friends with them. Yeah. And that's why he said that. But the action is epic here as they fly towards the Solaris. Impossible. Do the robots, like, throw themselves in front of him on this last panel? Like, is it like they're trying to, like... Yeah, they're trying to way. help him. They're trying to help Superman. Yeah. I'm going to kill your son. I'm going to kill you too, says the big son. Yeah. Solaris. And then Superman's like, oh shit. And he does a thing, a big thing. What's this that he's doing? That's cool. New powers? That's his, yeah, that's those like electricity powers that we saw. <laughs> I love the sound <laughs> of when Superman <laughs> fucking flies into him. It's it's like, he's like, new powers. Blah. I don't know. It's like the sound of a son getting hit real hard in the stomach. Do you yeah. know when someone <laughs> knocks the wind out of you? You just go, Whoa. <laughs> It's like that. I don't know. That made me laugh super hard when I first read that. That it is really kind of humorous. Yeah. That I don't know. This this image of him. Really, he's talking. He's like, "Hey, what is going to blow?" 
yeah it's like hit right in the gut you're just like oh it looks like it hurts <laughs> it looks like i mean i know this is supposed to be really dramatic but that made me laugh it is kind of goofy the the action here oh yeah he's um, fucking fighting with a sun he's I like think i it's, gotta I think fucking it's replace meant, the sun in the yeah. sky i'm gonna do it and i think it's meant to be like, kind of funny like you know? with him. yeah he just hits him right in the where like if a son could have a gut, he's just yeah. like, oh. <laughs> so fucking funny. Anyway. So the son has these spikes all over it. And so they're hanging on to one of the spikes and one of the robots is there with him too. And Superman's like, he'll wipe your files, save yourself. But the robot's like, ah, oh, this is my penance. So this is robot number seven. We learn here, like he's atoning for his malfunctioning because that's how Luthor got the serum. Or he got the formula from him and stuff like that, right? So he didn't even invent it. So when he came in and he goes, that only I could invent, he actually stole, he stole it. He stole it already made. Yeah. This is the one that also like left the door open and Lois got in yeah. there, right? So Look how they ripped off one of those sun stalactites. Right, yeah. Or stalactites, which is... Which is stalactites are the one on top because they hold on tight. Yes, right. And the stalagmites <laughs> are the one on bottom on the because bottom. they might get to the top. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that one. That's pretty good, you guys. We learned something new. As the robot meets its doom... It asks Superman for forgiveness. I like that. I thought that was a cute little line. Uh, but Superman turns around. He's shocked by what he sees. Great Krypton. It's his friend. He came back. Oh, it's the baby sun the eater. The baby sun eater mm-hmm. came back. He's like, no, no, go back to your own kind. But it won't listen. That's it... so fucking charming yeah. and yeah. sweet. Go back. Go back to your own yeah. kind. Get out of here. The whole idea of him having this baby sun eater is such like a out there idea. It, it you can see how they like wrote it in there, you know. It so pays off so well. It pays off really well because he fights a tyrant sun, and so as Superman explains, the natural enemy of a living solar computer is the sun eater. I like the way that this um, is depicted, like that you can kind of hear that sound, like that kind of digital buzzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sound. The Sun Eater attacks it and it tries to envelop it, but it's ultimately destroyed. That made me so upset. It really is. Well, it makes Superman really upset. I had to put this down (laughs) and stop reading it. And I was so upset. I put it down. I was like, fuck this. I know. I was so mad. I was so mad. But it made me feel something. Yeah, it really does. You know what I mean? To the fact that I, I actually... I was outraged. Yeah. Yeah. Over this. So I put this down and I had to go like get a snack and uh, come back. Well, and Superman is outraged by it too. You That's know what I'm what saying. I mean? So yeah, seeing so. Superman angry yeah. and pissed off as a reader, like, oh, oh shit, what's gonna happen next? Right. Like you, you know, you're fucking invested. And so, like you said, John, the fact that they built this up throughout the entire fucking series. Yeah. And yeah. that it pays off like this. What could make Superman so fucking angry? Right, right. And it can't be that Lois is in danger again because that is old. Yeah, We've seen happened. that too many fucking times. So this is so great. Anyway, I I really like yeah. the way that it paid off because it was built up patiently throughout other issues yeah. before. It what a moment. Nowhere. It's, yeah, what a moment for sure. Back on Earth, Lois and Jimmy are caught in a traffic jam. When Lois mentions Solaris to Jimmy, he knows what it is, and he explains it to all of us. How does he know that? This is where I was kind of like, wait, how? what happened here? Also, the baby Sun Eater is still sleeping. He's taking a nap. He's just taking He's a nap. He's fine. But I guess, did Jimmy learn this stuff when he was up there? Yeah, I don't... Uh, working, he was He was so. Quintum for a day? Right. Or, how does he know about all this? Any idea on that, Matt? No, I don't. Mm-mm. 
No, it's a good question. Okay. I just thought that was kind of interesting. I was like, wait a minute, how does he know about all this? So they get out of the car and they encounter Nastasia Luthor. She's playing around with some positronic cannons. Yeah, a positron cannon. Uh, she goes, I love you. But I like how the taxi driver, he's like, is there a parade going on or I'm something? It's a like, stand. no, there's not a parade. <laughs> there's somebody in a tank blowing things up. I'm taking a stand and I'm saying that she shouldn't do that. So Solaris oh. falls to Earth. <laughs> this I is like a great. That he just falls like a big dog toy. Yeah, like and the, big... the spikes, like, make all these holes in the road, like, as it rolls and stuff like that. I love <laughs> yeah, all that. It's like a it's big really squeaky cool. toy. Yeah. He's just, and I like that he, I can almost, it's it's like, almost like a digital cussing sound of, like, yeah, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> you can, like, hear it coming in, and it's just, like, gets louder the closer he gets, and he's like, and he, like, rolls to a stop. It's supposed to be horrifying, but. It's real fucking funny. Like looking at the cityscape and and the street here and all the individual stores and like the destruction and the little bits of broken stuff. This is where Frank quietly starts to remind me of Jeff Darrow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's very like hard boiled Shaolin cowboy style. It's good stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the details are insane. I mean, just all the little um, the debris and everything. So Superman approaches the tyrant son. Oh, one of the things as it's coming down, it says poison son. Um, that's in there amongst all the yeah. letters or whatever. So Superman says, by the 21st century, I'm told you'll have been rehabilitated to work with humanity instead of against them. Rehabilitation begins here, Solaris. There's a way to everyone. Wait, there's a way to everyone's heart and I can see yours. And then it's like mercy. And he goes, you'll live. And then Does that like, remind you of anything? What is that? He'll oh, live. He'll live. He'll That's live. When he takes out the guard's yeah. knees, he'll live. Good. You yeah. said you weren't going to kill anybody. He'll, he'll live. live. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I swear I will not kill anyone. It makes a tiny mushroom cloud. I know. Yeah. And then we kind of see the Solaris afterwards. It's kind of lost some of that color. I like the uh, the way that the smoke color transitions. Yeah. That's really, um, it's a really cool image. The colors in this panel are fucking awesome. I was trying to figure out what this, like, we see Superman's discarded solar suit, and then we see this, like, blue thing next to it. I was trying to figure out what that is. That's but it's his heart. It's a part of Solaris. It's his heart. Yeah. Yeah, see it, it drop out the bottom? Yeah, yeah. One? Yeah, it was just a computer, right? That's right. why he's, yeah. like, screaming binary code. Yeah. yeah. We cut back to Nostalgia with Jimmy and Lois, and Jimmy's, like, he's hold up his press badge, and he's, like, think about it. You're quite frankly stunning. <laughs> quite frankly there you go right you're quite frankly stunning face all over the front page of the daily planet what do you say and she's like hmm the print media is so passe in so many ways but it's also still pretty cool in many other ways so i thought this was kind of like a commentary on comics too mm, okay right? you know what i mean what she's saying there they're kind of like a but she tells everyone today is the first day of a new world a new world without him without superman and we get this last panel of just like the hands flying. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and he's already got the Clark Kent. Like, look at his cuff right there, right? Right. Like, he's got to have it already Clark on. Clark Kent flying yeah. through the sky. Clark bursts into the Daily Planet. Great Caesar's ghost. You look terrible, Perry says. Are you kidding? He looks buff, Cat says. And Clark's never in the office where there's trouble. So she like points that difference out. Clark delivers his headline story and collapses. There's no heartbeat, Perry says. He can't be, Lois says. Clark is. And then suddenly there's an explosion. And we reveal Lex with his superpowers and his new suit. Clark is the least of your worries, he says. What the fuck is the suit? 
Oh, we've got the blimp in the background with the LL. Aubrey, what is this? Is this a blimp? Is there a dirigible? Is it a Zeppelin? It's a blimp. That's true. He told me that. But but it's also, I would say, too small to be a Zeppelin. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Hey, Matt, you had uh, something on the costumes? Yeah. uh, Specifically green and purple costumes. So I I was looking into this. I want to hear about this. Tell me about this. I was looking into this one time because I realized that there are like so many. Think about it. Joker, Riddler, Brainiac, Green Goblin, Mysterio, Sandman, Lizard, Electro, the Vulture, Dr. Octopus. We were talking about the Hulk earlier. It's just like good grief, right? And so I actually looked into this one time and I I found the article again. Somebody came up with this. I don't don't know if this was like a comics industry person or what, but somebody once said, Green and purple in comics is frequently a sign of scientific hubris growing out of control. Purple symbolizes creativity, but in comics, it can often be redefined as creation of powerful science. Green represents growth or nature. And when combined, purple and green suggest monstrous scientific genius. So I really do think that it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with secondary colors and mm. and like all the reds and yellows and blues are accounted for and so they just rely on on this because they look cool next to each other right like yeah. that's obviously yeah. the good guy that's, just that's color the bad theory, guy very simple but like for the silver age and for luther specifically they they actually debuted another one of his um more modern takes on on his costume in superman number 282 which was 74. So that's like right after the Silver mm. Age. And so I feel like putting this at the end of the story is sort of quietly or um, Grant Morrison's way of being like, okay, now this is the rest of the story. You know, this is like just after the Silver Age, right? right. Because it's a very Silver Age story with all the callbacks and everything. This costume specifically harkens back to a period where Luther had become super buff while in prison. Like he was always sort of like, trying to put on costumes and fight Superman, but he would always fluctuate between like that and being like, you know, a hermit in his lair or his Mm. lab, like mad scientist style. And so right before like they debuted this costume that I was referencing in Superman 282, which was like exactly a month before I was born, I just realized, but he, he was um, in prison getting buff. And when he comes out, he's wearing this costume with a popped collar. And so this sort of harkens back to that. And like the mm-hmm. collar's folded here, but like it's not it's it's not very soon, right? It's like a popped collar again. Yeah. It has sort of that like elfin look to it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so anyway, this it was always a sign that he was done being in his lair and that he was ready to be like more out in the public eye. So he gets in shape, he gets this kick ass costume, right? And I just thought like the way they have him break the door down on his lair at the beginning of this issue mm-hmm. was just sort of like a sign that he's like, I don't need the lair anymore. Right. Like right. it doesn't he like he literally oh, like yeah. the door. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, this was just kind of cool because it goes back to that whole because he was in prison working out that whole time. Right. Yeah. And then he comes out yeah. and he puts on the costume and it's like directly uh, called back to that end of yeah. the Silver Age. That's Which, awesome. There's a lot of purple and green. The costume you're describing from the, uh, I guess, I guess it would be the after the Silver Age, so the Bronze Age, sounds similar to the one that he, they put him in in the Super Friends cartoon. Yeah, totally. It had like that X going across, yeah. like uh, oh, yeah. it, like a bandolier. 
Right. Or, like like the one where he steals all those pies or whatever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, still one of my favorite memes. But this is definitely like an all new take. Like I've never seen this version yeah, of the costume. It's cool. Oh, so we get uh chapter twelve. We have an awesome cover here. I love this. Uh we have Superman with the gun, so we don't usually see that, but we saw him use some of those guns from his lab like earlier. Those were referenced like in issue two and three where Lois uses the kryptonite gun. It kind of looks similar to this one. I love Lex with those green laser eyes and stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty wicked. Is that supposed to be like kryptonite vision or something like that? Or it's just like that's his version of lasers? I think it's just them trying to be cool yeah. on, the, uh, on the cover because like in the actual issue, he was shooting like fire out of his oh, eyes. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So we have this opening scene on Krypton. It's like Jor-El's alive and Kal-El has matured while Krypton's still alive or something. He's having this vision. Basically, Superman's like in this dream state, I guess. Jor-El has called Kal-El away in the middle of a core quake and they enter a ship. And as they fly, Jor-El reveals to Kal-El that he's dead. In fact, they're all dead. Kal died fighting Solaris. Jor-El says... Consider us a whole civilization of supermen reduced to dust by a caprice of cosmology. Then think how precious and how fragile all the little things you value are. And Clark's like, but your machine stabilized Krypton's core. Jor-El, Avel, my father, if I'm dead, what place is this? Jor-El says that Kal-El's body is undergoing a conversion to solar radio consciousness. He says, matter, energy, these things cannot be created or destroyed, nor can consciousness, Kal-El, Avel. After bodily death, as neocon lab studies confirm, individual awareness persists for a time and builds for itself thought palaces or complex hells to inhabit. Here the choice is simple, to remain at play within the field of living fluid consciousness or to turn and face down evil one last time. So I thought like this was a very like Grant Morrison type of theme. You know, we've talked about yeah. this too, that like, you know, your consciousness or, you know, after you die, you form part of this you join this consciousness i like this idea that like he's like you're converting to solar radio energy and now we're all going to be like together in this thing or whatever right as opposed to like consciousness being like an emergent property he's saying that it is a force of its own right and he well and he says like you could create hell you know i mean it kind of yeah it kind of incorporates like what we think as the afterlife because he's like people are doing that right now he's like well Well, they're alive he's like stop he's like well you could create hell you know you could and and i think like there's even like an old etrigan comic where Mm. etrigan basically says the same thing yeah you know what i mean that Mm -hmm. you know you you create this and as part of your consciousness after you die and all this kind of stuff that happens but anyway really really cool idea but i feel like um kal-el or whatever he's dead but he's not really dead but he's kind of in this you know it's kind of like you can go towards the light or you can or you can turn back and so he decides to turn back instead of go or i don't know i mean we'll we haven't gotten to it yet, but anyway. Yeah, there's a couple things here. Like, one, the headbands they're wearing, that's the same headband that Superman was wearing when he was writing his will. Remember that awesome yeah. full page where he's sitting yeah. in that chair? Yeah. Same headband. Has that popped up before? I don't know. Well, I was actually thinking that this kind of reminds me of uh, when we read um, For the Man Who Has Everything and he's in the um, fantasy world. 
Oh, uh, they even talk about like one point, like they're like, you know, oh, Lana gave you a new headband. Yeah, you're right. They do mention the headband in that comic. That's interesting. Maybe that's what they're referencing here. And there's another where he says, um, turn us around. I'm televoicing Dr. Lexor. Without the hyphen, Lexor was a, a planet. Yeah, this is a Silver Age storyline where Lex Luthor actually did good deeds on some alien planet and they renamed it Lexor. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Funny. <laughs> I don't know if that's a reference or coincidence, but... That's cool. I love that. Back at the Daily Planet, Lex is seeking his revenge for their story, sending him to the electric chair. Oh, this look that um, on Luthor's face, right. this bottom panel, which is like this, he's like, me, the future savior of Earth. Yeah. He's just like... I don't know. It's just the it's way like that Frank Quietly sneering at everybody. So yeah. sneering. Yeah. And Frank Quietly drives him so amazing. So good. Well, I, so I like contempt. Yeah. This line where Perry says, the truth sent you to the chair. He goes, well, where's the truth now? I, what color is it? Can I see it? You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I think this is an interesting line because this will come back around later. Well, it also highlights how hypocritical he is because earlier he's talking about he's like, I'll get this guy who doesn't believe in rationality. He's so irrational. Yeah. Get him out of here. Uh, he's like, the truth. Oh, you care yeah. about the truth, I guess. Yeah. Like, so. what, which is it <laughs> Which then? is yeah. it? You can't have it both ways. What are That's you a talking good point. about? Yeah, but you were talking about the expressions, Aubrey, when he's like, yeah. and turn that damn ultrasonic watch off, you know, when he's like plugging his ear or whatever. That's a really yeah. good one, too. Answer. I just hear Clancy Brown so much. So back with Kal-El and his vision, Jor-El tells Cal that his work is done, but Cal says he still has one more labor. In their ship, they like kind of crash through this barrier too, right? And they're like going towards this lava flow. I guess like the is the planet falling apart here or something? Yeah, I'm not really sure absolutely. what's happening, right? I think that this is the visuals of what happened. He he was trying to save Krypton, but he failed. Mm. So this, I mean, obviously he's talking in past tense because he's like, no, I'm dead. You're dead. We're both dead. That all that didn't happen. The plan but what they're flying but through. But what they're doing is they're, 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 they're on going... Krypton's last moments. Right. Okay. It's kind of like a symbolic like thing. He's It's sort of like a, uh, I don't know, like a vision quest or some shit. Right. As they fly up, he says, for Krypton, it was always too late. But the best of us, the gold in us, will survive in you and be reborn. And he's like, father, not me. And then we see the explosion, right? That's Krypton exploding. Well, hold on. Before we get to that, I like um, this one part where he's saying to him, you have given them an idea to aspire to embolden their highest aspirations. They will race and stumble and will fall and crawl and curse. And finally, they will join you in the sun, Kal-El. As like, I feel like that was something that Marlon Brando said in one of the Superman. Oh, movies. really? Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not. No, no Russell Crowe. But... That's Russell Crowe's dialogue. Oh, okay. Uh, you're first right. Side or Superman. Oh, okay. from Man of Steel. So Man of Steel ripped that off from here. It's all running together. <laughs> That's awesome. Or maybe, yeah, because I mean, Man of Steel would have come out. It would have come out after this. Yeah. Wow. The what they did was. In the original trailer, they made it sound like it was Brando, I think. Right? Mm, oh, maybe, yeah. I haven't okay. thought about this in a while, but everyone was like, was that Marlon Brando? And yeah. What's going on? But it's actually Russell Crowe. You will give the people an ideal to strive towards. They will race behind you. They will stumble. They will fall. But in time, 
the sun. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. So we cut back to the planet. And Lombard, he has a moment of clarity here, right? Where he's like, oh, I'm sorry for all the pranks I pulled on you when he thinks he's dead. Jimmy shows Lex pictures from Singapore. Lois tells him the sun is blue. Solaris has double-crossed Lex and poisoned the sun. When Lois calls him an idiot, he uses his super breath to knock her over and easily fends off Jimmy. But we see Clark wake up in the middle of this. He's like, Lois? So Lex throws off Jimmy and asks if anyone else feels like acting up in front of the most powerful man on Earth. I love the pacing on this, right? Because Clark's like, um, there's me, Lex. But the way that they frame it, it's like he's just, I don't know. They make him look so meek and small, you know, the way that they frame him there. He's like, I think maybe you should stop threatening my friends and everyone else for that matter. Don't you think you're maybe just a little too unstable for the kind of power you're packing? And he's like, Kent? So a worm grows a spine to impress a girl. What is that you're trying to hide? This? This is a gravity gun. That's such a cool moment where yeah. Clark yeah. Kent is the cool hero. Right, yeah. Superman, but he's in Clark Kent clothes. We never know. really get to see that. It's like Matt said earlier, like, we should have seen him flying in the Clark Kent costume. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they didn't see that because... They didn't show us that because they save it for this moment. This is a great you moment. Know? This yeah. is a great panel. I like how on, on the last panel of the previous page, you can see Lex is like trying to see what he's got with his x-ray vision. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a little subtle detail, the color of his eyes. But then Cat is like, I knew it. Didn't I say he was way too buff to be Clark Kent? So they think that it was Superman disguised as Clark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They still don't put it together. Yeah. Nice disguise, uh, Superman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you've got Clark uh, in the fortress, I guess. Yeah. Clark is safe. Jimmy. right he goes oh we have a we always have a spare they bring a they bring him a costume the red and blues i like i just like jimmy's delivery on that nice disguise superman <laughs> it's very i love this page with luthor as he lands so he's been hit with the gravity gun so he brings him to the ground and then as this like thing crashes into him and everything like the motion is just it's incredible. just incredible yeah it's really good i had to yeah. stare at this for a while yeah now what's going on in that third panel though like what's he realizing so, I, I was about to bring that up too because it's like he said something earlier he goes wait why am i talking and now he's like hey that's a great idea i should write this down right so he's realizing all the things he's about to say later. yeah yeah later he's, on he, he's about to have he's like, oh we're all connected yeah. oh we're all it's all he's about to have an epiphany yes. but here he's just like he's kind of having an he's starting slowly. to it, it, it come it's coming around to him because he gets then he gets hit from behind yeah. again with the gravity gun so superman's now shot him twice with a gravity gun yeah you know this is the thing and he kind of alludes this in in a minute but superman's powers come from being under a yellow sun like we said but not flight Flight has nothing to do with the yellow sun. Flight has to do with the lack of gravity on Earth as compared to Krypton. Mm. That's so why he can fly. really far? That's why he used to be able to leap tall buildings well, with a single bound. He didn't whatever. actually start flying until like the cartoon or the radio show or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's why like a gravity gun would reverse the ability to fly. But then doesn't, didn't, wasn't there something later that said that he actually affected electro gravitational some such around him he has like a he he affects right. like a field around him that that's I why he can kind of like that's why he can pick up like people a, yeah. and fly them or like helicopters or whatever it is that he can kind of isn't yeah that like later they kind of like meshed that into his lore they had to being... put that in with the flying i think yeah, yeah. okay 
I love this bottom reveal that Superman's shot him from behind a safe. So yeah. he like found the safe and is hiding behind it. Because it's a lead, lead. Yeah. safe. That's he fun. knows he knows Luthor's weaknesses too. I like his body language there. Yeah, John, that's a good um good catch. He's yeah, like, it's like a little reveal there. And then uh and then we see Lex using his x-ray vision to try to find them he melts the lead that superman's hiding behind and he goes did you ever think it would end with me looking down on you like this and superman's like yeah i pretty much knew it would play out exactly like this (laughs) he suspected lex since robot 7's malfunction back in issue two he points out to lex how he's having to use more energy to stay in the air and lex starts to sink into the street and he pulls superman along with him and we get another great action moment because they fall through and there's like a subway coming and then they fight through it and then it keeps going. <laughs> you really see it happening yeah. so fluidly, even though you're just, you know, obviously it's not animated or anything, but incredible. Lex subdues Superman and pulls him out onto the street. Police and a crowd have gathered out there and Lex gives a speech about how this is a transition to a new phase without Superman. He tells everyone to surrender. We see that robot he was working on, too. This robot that when he was in his lair or whatever, they're out mm. there in the street also. Yeah. Nastasia Luther joins them with the press. She says, this is science year zero. I thought that was a funny line. And as she approaches Lex, she tells him that he looks weird. And he's like, not as weird as you. It's so obvious. I can actually see and hear and feel and taste it. And the fundamental forces are yoked by a single thought. And she's like, how do I get this hat to work? (laughs) And he's like, it's thought controlled. And he's like, these new senses. I can actually see the machinery and wire connecting and separating everything since it all began. This is how he sees all the time, every day. Like, it's just us in here together. And we're all we've got. And he's like tearing up. He's having this emotional moment. Yeah, yeah. This scene culminates so perfectly. It's just this, it's one of the most incredible examples of writing yeah. in comic books. It's so good. Uh, where he says it's thought controlled. That might be a nod to uh, Nasty's mother having psychic abilities. Oh, fun. Oh, okay. she, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. When she was a little girl, she was messing around in Lex's lab. And uh, there was an accident with a quote unquote space brain. That resulted in her having like telekinetic That's psychic fun. abilities. That's fun. Nice. Good That's pull. Good. You know, um, but earlier when he was with Perry and Perry was like, the truth sent you to jail. And he's like, well, where's the truth? Can you see it? Yeah. But this is where he sees he it. He sees the truth. He sees yeah. the truth. Like this, is, I think this, this pays off truth. that line from earlier, right? Uncle Lex, you're literally embarrassing me beyond all therapy with this behavior. <laughs> and here Superman kind of lets in on why he shot him with the gravity gun, yeah. right? So the metabolism, this is kind of like what Matt was alluding to. It causes his metabolism to accelerate. And so he goes through the super serum like really quickly. So Superman says, you were right, Lex. Brain beats brawn every time. And so Lex is like, oh, you didn't think I had thought of this? I had made more of this myself. And so he goes to get the super serum, but Superman already has it. I saw how to save the world. I could have made everyone see. I could have saved the world if it wasn't for you. And Superman just knocks him out. I love the way his eyes roll back in his head and all that. He could have saved the world years ago if it mattered to you. Oh, I love that line. It's so satisfying. Yeah. Because, yeah, Superman's had it. Isn't this like one of the only punches he throws in the in all twelve issues? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Well, he flew through that Mechano Man head or whatever. That was pretty cool. He oh, also yeah. punched yeah. the sun in the gut. Oh yeah, <laughs> knocked the wind out of it. Yeah, you forgot about that part. Was well, so it just you know one of the few? 
Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. That's uh, all joking aside. It is an amazing testament to this book that that's why Superman is so great. Yeah. Is he doesn't spend all his time throwing punches. He spends all of his time trying to figure out there's always a way to help people and save people like that's what he spends his time doing. And if he has to throw a punch, that is going to be like the absolute last fucking resort. Yeah. Well, and you talked about it earlier. I guess when remember when there was that panel of him looking at his hand and he's looking through all the molecules and everything, yeah. and you were like, "Isn't it weird that he can see like this and he can do all this?" That's and how it, he sees all the time. That's every how. And day. I like how they kind of yeah. come back to yeah. that because they've hammered it home like through a lot of the series. But he handles it. You know. like so well and that's to me the strength of superman is to be able to handle that not go mad right exactly fuck and so lex can't handle it for one fucking second and superman's like he's like oh i could have saved everyone i could have done it and he's like yeah you could have done that this whole time yeah you didn't care to because you're a prick he was too busy being angry at him or worrying about what he was doing so superman has a goodbye with lois and they do something cool with the art where like all the lights coming through his skin now yeah. you know what i mean it's, it's coming yeah. through all cracks that. are starting to show he explains that it's strange because if he hadn't been overdosed he wouldn't be able to complete his final mission because now he's got to save the sun right he's kind of glimmering yeah. with this thing yeah. that's killing him and Says, I would be kind of scared. I'd yeah. be like, I don't know, if, should I kiss this man? Am I going to get like a weird cellular sure. disruption right. or something? But it's a very romantic and sweet moment. His cells are converting to pure energy and information, and he only has moments to save the world. That's more than you ever needed, Lois says. After a kiss, he says, I love you, Lois Lane, until the end of time. And then he flies off. Bye, Superman. Bye, Bye Superman. So uh, I was talking with book club member Jerry Turnbull. Jerry Turnbull. Book club member. Yes. Right. He was telling me that the ending of this is very similar to The Iron Giant. Um, I love and, that movie. And, and uh, he was like, it's actually worth going back and taking a look at the ending. Okay. Because some of these are, are shot for shot. You know what I mean? Where they show Superman flying up. And oh, in that movie, I just rewatched it. They talk about Superman a lot in that yeah, movie. When he flies away, he goes Superman. Right, exactly. So I was wondering, you know, if there was any kind of. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Jerry pointed that out. Superman. So we see Superman flying up towards the sun, and all these shots. They, the, a lot of these do line up, and then right after it, we cut to a park where they're looking at a statue of the iron giant and on his arm he's got a little bird and here we have there with superman he's got a statue of an eagle it was pretty interesting that's cool so we get this epilogue I love that he's got a statue with an eagle because eagles are the biggest fucking goofballs yeah <laughs> in the world they're so goofy people think that they're this very like you know what i mean like uh elegant yeah statuesque and yeah. very you know uh how that they're the goofiest goofballs in birds and it's just so funny to me whenever i see someone that's got like a statue of like an eagle that would be so fucking hilarious anyway i figure that there's probably like a comic where he's standing like that right matt where he's standing like that with the eagle or something yeah yeah a bunch (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean there's definitely one from back in the day sure Yeah. yeah so we get this epilogue a year after we see the memorial statue Jimmy flies in. So we were talking about this earlier. We're like, does Jimmy use like a rocket or something to fly around? But here we see that he does. I like how he just flies in in a jetpack like he's the rocketeer. (laughs) He asks Lois if she's sure she doesn't want to say anything at the memorial. But she says Superman's not dead. He's still fixing the sun. 
the headline in the paper superman's dead was a warning through time that this was interesting like to prevent like a paradox or something like that or that's how he gave himself the information back then to be able to do possibly yeah, yeah. and also to be able to defeat the sphinx with that lombard car mm. advertisement or whatever right lois believes superman is alive and when he's done he will know where to find her she says and so we get this last image of superman working up there on the sun so i wanted to talk about this there is a famous labor themed art deco piece called the unknown worker by tim hunt and it's almost exactly this pose man he's still up there Superman said workers rights yeah and he's up there he's up there working himself so he is still alive right yeah yeah so uh hearts and minds john in their hearts hearts and minds. minds then we have another little epilogue here with quintum he's uh with the project and he's like, ah, oh, the ceremony was wonderful, actually moving. Even Luthor seemed to find some closure in the face of renewed global calls for his execution. So I guess, like, maybe he has turned around or he's trying to, but people are still... I like how he says he, he seems so small. He seems so faded, so small, now that he finally got what his dearest wish. Right. A world without Superman. Agatha asks, what if Superman never returns? What then, Mr. Quintum? He says, I wouldn't worry too much about that day, Agatha. Now that we know how it's done, I'm sure we'll think of something. And so we reveal the Superman, and it's got a big two on it. Project two. So remember, um, so I want to talk about this, because we kind of laughed about this at the time. So remember on the issue seven, where Jonathan Kent died, and then when Jonathan Kent died, the Superman Prime came to visit Superman and give him a golden apple. Do you remember that? And he was with Super Lass and Superman 2. And we laughed about Superman 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this wow. is him. Wow. So wow. When, so when he comes back, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so that further fuels the theory that the gold <laughs> Superman Prime. I never made that connection. The gold Superman Prime is this Superman yeah. here. Mm. And then Superman 2 is the, it's the DNA of him and Lois. That's fun. And if you go back and you awesome. look at you, if you go back and you look at Superman too, he's got brown hair. Yeah, you know, what I mean, like he looks like lo- he's he's their DNA together. That's what the two was. There. I wanted to come back and talk about that. Yay! Really cool. Uh, what else? What do you? What else do you have here, Matt? At the conclusion of of this uh, awesome story. I mean, that number two is also a huge tease for a sequel that seems like it'll never happen. There's always time. But I think this set me up to be like, oh, there's going to be more. And then there just wasn't. But anyway, that's fine. It doesn't need to be. But there's an interesting fan theory out there that I heard years ago. And every time I revisit this theory, I keep thinking like this will not hold water anymore. But it still does for me anyway. So Uh I just thought I would share it with you because it involves discussing Luther's character arc here, which is basically one of reform. Right. And getting over his hatred of Superman and Superman, like literally says that there's good in him and that he can use his intelligence for good. Right. Right. And he even says, like, you and Superman could have been friends. And and then um, when he realizes he'll be dead soon, that's when he visits Lex and says, you know, on death row and, and implores him to use his right. uh, brilliance for good. And then when when Lex breaks down in the middle of the street there and starts crying because he can see it, right? He's like, oh, my God, this is how he sees all the time. He realizes the error of his ways. So the theory is that Leopold Quintum is Lex Luthor from the future. Mm. So if you 
there are some cases, some panels where if you put them side by side, they look the same, except one has hair, one doesn't, right? Oh, wow. Um, Quintum claims that he is trying to escape a, quote, doomed world called the past. Right. Uh, when Superman's that. genetic code, like when when given Superman's genetic code, Quintum responds with a warning. I could be the devil himself for all you know. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. Quint means five and Luther's inmate number is two, two, one, two plus two. Plus one equals five. Mm, interesting. Uh, in issue one, when Luther's ranting to Quintum as he prepares to kill Superman, he's interrupted by General Lane with the words, are you talking to yourself again? Oh, wow. Oh, That's shit. nuts. And then when in prison, Lex has a pet monkey named Leopold, right? Leopold. <laughs> so yeah. wow. it's just kind of... Yeah, it's just it's it's kind of like I don't know if you're a Beatles fan, you kind of know like there's supposedly little Easter eggs and secret things planted in their albums that might just be fans reading into it. So that's probably what this is. And Grant Morrison's had plenty of opportunity to say whether or not that was his intention or not. Right. He's actually said enough about Quintum's character to disprove that theory. But I thought it was cool, and it helps you realize that Lex Luthor really did have like a genuine arc. In this yeah, case, it okay. wasn't just like super villain. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they give him opportunity to reform and then he kind of does. But it's, you know, at his own peril or whatever. I, I don't want to rant too much, but like I've been reading a ton of Superman stuff. And there's two basically two ways to handle Superman stories. One is like a chess game and one is like a puzzle. Sometimes mm. creators take Superman and all the supporting characters and villains and treat them like chess pieces. Like they have, they only make predefined moves. You know what I mean? Sure. And mm -hmm. sure. And like, like you can drop those characters into literally any story and just move them across the board. Right. Like you always would. And so then there, the other way is, and, and I don't mind those stories. That's fine. But the other way is to like treat Superman like a puzzle, meaning you, you have to figure out how the character fits in his world, in our world. And it's only clear how it really works, like at the very end, you know, and that's kind of what happened here. But which I, I think, think is closer yeah. to our individual stories and our inner worlds, which is why yep. we feel like we can relate so much to stories like that. And I think that that's such a good choice for Superman, because that's literally why that fucking character was invented. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what what I think makes this all star quote unquote, Ugh. is how Grant Morrison manages to do both, right? Mm -hmm. He's got the predefined moves and everyone's going to do just what you expect them to do, like always, nice and neat. But it's in a way that brings out the essence of each character, especially yeah. Yeah. Superman and Luthor. And that's that's kind of why I wanted to jump in on the last two issues, because you really get that. Well, and the storytelling is done in such a way that you don't expect them to do what they're expected to do. But then when it happens, mm. you were expecting it, but not in the way that you normally expect yes. it. Yeah. It's just a very, yeah, it's just good storytelling. It's all star. Uh. It's all star, baby. And to your point about like the ending of like, oh, it looks like setting something up. I kind of liken it to, you know, how some songs end and some songs fade out. The yeah. songs that fade out. Yeah. You're kind of singing them longer. You're kind yeah. of have it stuck in your head a little bit more. You kind of the song continues. You just can't hear it. It fades out. So it's like the song is continuing into forever, yeah. into infinity. You know, this song, this story, it's still going. I've liked the idea that it's still going. I well, like that. I, and it's 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 also like well, you don't want a definitive end to this. You want to think that 
there could be more to it. And your imagination is still going throughout the day you go to work and you're still thinking about the story and what could happen next. And it's just kind of, that's so exciting. I don't know. There's something about that, that I kind of dig of like, it's not to me, it doesn't feel like, Oh, I'm setting this up. And then I never followed through to me. It's like the wondrous adventures of Superman continue on no matter what happens. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I see both sides of it, right? One side of it, you could be like, well, like these fan theories. I love that fan theory sure. that Matt just discussed. Yeah. You could go, oh, well, maybe this happened. Maybe this happened. But, but but if you don't like that, you could just internally close it with, yeah, well, there's Superman too. We already saw him sure. in this other right. issue. And yeah. that's what this is paying right, off. Right, so right, right. When, when you go through it again, you're like, oh, okay, well, now I caught it. You know Endings what I like mean? this are brilliant so, for people yeah. who are a fan of headcanon, like myself. Right, I have a lot yeah. of headcanon going on. So Matt, I really do like that theory about Luthor and Quentin because I... Yeah. I always felt like Quentin was what Luthor could have been had he not had this obsession with killing Superman. Yeah. 100%. But then, um, have y'all read Superman Red Sun? No, I haven't read that. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, so Matt, you know how it ends. We're like, you know. Oh, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. John hasn't read it. But it, it, it kind of, your theory reminded me of the ending of that. Okay. A bit. Cool. Okay, okay. I have to read that or come back around to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You would you would, you dig it the most. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. You know, people rave about this as being like the greatest Superman story of all time. And I don't know about that, but it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's really good because like I've read a lot of Grant Morrison stuff and Mm. like every now and then you're like, what are you trying? What is this? You know, like it's it's borderline incoherent at times because I think it's over. But not as an insult, because I think it's over my head, like whatever he's attempting to do. He's pushing the boundaries of what you can do with the medium, and that's totally fine. But it doesn't hit for me. This totally does. And I can't think of another work by him except for uh, the X-Men stuff that Quietly and Morrison did together. Besides that, I can't really think of anything that landed this solid with me. Like, this is really one of the greatest. And having read, like, as much Superman as possible, this is really, like, one of the most consistently solid Superman stories that you can find. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't waver. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, like, I don't know. Um, I've had a much better experience reading it through the podcast and going through with everybody and, and all of that just because, like, it is so over your head. And I remember reading it and being like, I, I say this a lot on the show sometimes, but I'm like, am I dumb? Like, what, what's the matter with me? Like, why can't I understand this? And I, I think that's when what's been so great about discussing it on the show and having all the different guest hosts that we've had on uh, throughout this series was other people to talk about it. And people know other things. And, oh, well, this is a reference to this. And this happened over here. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, all this makes sense. And it just shows that, like, this is really like a testament to, like, everything Superman. I mean, they're referencing, yeah. like, so many different things where you have to get a pool of fans together to figure out all the things that they're referencing. So, anyway, that that's well, really amazing. And that's a testament to Frank Quietly's work, too, because even if you don't get that stuff and it's over your head, like, I'm sitting here reading it for, like, the millionth time, and I'm like, oh, I never had that part right. Oh, well. The artwork is still such that you're going to enjoy it no matter what. Yeah. 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 Like, I find it very difficult. People always, like, people will criticize Frank Quietly's artwork. And I'm like, why? Why even bother? It's not mainstream enough for you. It's Mm. too stylistic. I don't understand why you would criticize it because it's so unique. Like, I was saying, it kind of reminds me of Jeff Darrow, but not to the point where I would say, oh, we already have Jeff Darrow. We don't need Frank Quietly. That's 
that's madness, right? Frank quietly is like one of those artists that no matter what he's drawing, you're, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to get something out of it that you wouldn't get from, you know, standard mainstream comics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, one thing I've always liked about this Superman story is it's like it, because it relies heavily on like, um, nostalgia from like the silver age and all that. It, I guess that nostalgia really hits for me because like, uh, it, brings back you know the not the memories but the feelings of watching I'm sure man of steel as a kid not man of steel superman as a kid and uh the super friends tv show yeah and things yeah like that. um and you know it's just like that whole you know superman is is always been like the good guy and he's always looking for the most the best he's looking for the best in people and the most positive outcome for everything and yeah that's kind of one of the reasons i really like this book you know it's just that um he superman isn't just like a bully and just beating everybody up yeah <laughs> i mean he could but he's that's not who he is yeah. yeah all right well thanks again matt for joining us this was an awesome episode thank you and now Aubrey's gonna say all the things all right everybody superman all-star superman we did it we did all 12 issues I love this series. We know you guys love it, too. We want to hear your thoughts about these last two issues. And also tell us your uh, favorite Superman story that isn't All-Star Superman. You can send us a hey, you damn guys at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at bookclubmembercomics and on Twitter at bookclubmembers as long as it hasn't exploded. Uh, <laughs> and as always, you can find our all of our information on our Podbean website, our Facebook About section, and our link trees on link trees on instagram and twitter and our link tweets our link tweets as always <laughs> as always a special thank you to paul from gatahan for our listener feedback thank you paul thank you paul uh thank you only beast for our theme song you're welcome thank you matt for the banner yes <laughs> yes yeah. thank you for that and thank you ross for the logo yeah you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from and when you're there open it up and give us that five star review every little bit helps and if you're enjoying the book club have a friend join everybody should join the book club Yes, do it. Next week, we're going to do a commentary. We don't know what yet, but you'll find out. It's yeah. a surprise. We it's do know. We do know. Of... We're just not telling you yeah. that. We'll figure it out. Yeah. No, we already did figure it out. We're just not telling okay. you <laughs> on purpose. It's a surprise. Oh, wow. We, no we didn't, we didn't even we tell know. ourselves. And then when we come back, we're going back to Harrow County. So you guys know what to do. Pull out them back issues, trades, uh, digital zombies, and join us next week and the week after. I'm Book Club Member Comics. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm a sun eater who's just taking a little nap. I'm Superman's long lost uncle, Nim L. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Aubrey Lovett saying, Great Caesar's Ghost Rehabilitation begins here. Amazing. Oh, awesome. Amazing. I love this. <laughs>